Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. Yep. And today's episode is all about the songs influenced by, released during, and generally about the Cold War. And, and, and the Commie Manus. The, the, the Commie Manus. <laughs> The red sky. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a new a new thing for us. Uh, we were mm. talking about it a while ago, and we thought, well, what might might make a cool podcast might be eras of music and yeah. um, things that happen in the world that influenced music. And I think the first thing we jumped into was Vietnam. We instantly yeah. went Vietnam Riders on the Storm yeah, in, in, instantly. But the more you look into it, uh, Vietnam is just a wing. Of the Cold War now, Vietnam definitely is going to get its own podcast. It has to. It we has can't to. even talk. We can't even talk too much about it on this podcast. Yeah, it's a separate, separate leg. Yeah, of the journey altogether that we couldn't do. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I was me and you have been playing that Modern Warfare game mm. a lot, and it kind of always reminds me of the Cold War still happening. Well, that's like the know. I think the first two uh, Call of Duty Black Ops are set in the Cold War as well. Now, oh, are they? full, full fucking. Honestly, disclaimer, whatever you want to say, cards mm-hmm. on the table. I fucking hate the Cold War. I think it's very interesting, but I can't watch Cold War movies. I hate playing Cold War games. <laughs> I hate the setting. I fucking yeah. hate I mean, the setting. We, we grew up in it, but we didn't have any real no. problems because we were too young yeah. to know what the fuck was going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, I do on. remember the time. And I do remember the visuals, like Ugh. news. News was on all the time in my yeah. life. And I do remember Gorbachev, Reagan, yeah. and I just remember all of it. And I remember the music and the like the, the, the artists. See, it was hard to do this. Some of these songs are cheesy and some of them are not particularly mm. um not great. Not great. Yeah, some to be of them fair. are a bit out of our own like we're out of our depth doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah maybe not. We, I think we'll do a good job of this one actually. Yeah. But uh, some of these songs are quite shallow. As yeah, well, maybe, but still, we just figured, God, um, this this war is like fifty years, nearly fifty years. Yeah, proper properly. Some people say, you know, it didn't end. Ooh, Reggie, I don't know. Yeah, cool. It probably probably didn't really. But um, I just figured, shit, loads of it's going to be seventies and eighties, mm. so it's kind of cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah, this is going to be our Cold War soundtrack podcast. Is yeah. sort of the best of the Cold War. The best of the Cold War, Cold War hits. <laughs> no, that's what I call Cold War One. <laughs> so we have a bit of a little bit of a history breakdown. Yeah, it's you should give a little, much yeah, give a little run through uh, just in case. I'm sure everybody's heard the term Cold War, um, but right. a lot of well, people Cold, might not know what was involved. The Cold War was a f- sort of fifty-year-long war, or it's forty-six or so war that started with um, the breakdown in relations between the USA and Russia, and how. The aggression was there, but not didn't manifest itself in a war between those two countries officially because it would have been possibly the end of the world because the both of them, for a good period of that Cold War, had nuclear weapons. Mm. So it would have been mutually assured destruction is the term. Is the term, yeah. Uh, Very nearly, important term. It, it nearly came to pass a few times. This war really, really nearly kicked off. Mm. And... Um, I have a history, a little bit of a history of communism here in Russia. I don't know if anybody would be interested in that. Right through it. Yeah, go on. So we started, the beginning of communism started in Russia in 1917. During World War One. the Germans sent an exiled anti-war socialist, Vladimir Lenin, back to Russia to undermine the war efforts of the Russian Empire, who at the time 
were allied with the USA and Britain. Germany was the bad guy in that war, mm. believe it or not. Uh, in, October the that, in October that year, uh, known as Red October, which is where you get the movie Hunt for Red October. Maybe the babe, not, not, it's not about that, but it's it's it's, uh, it's the best name. name. It's the best it's name. name. Do you remember the game? Or the game? Oh, we were submarine, yeah. side scrolling submarine, and yeah. there was lads dropping depth charges and all. And <laughs> oh, it was unreal. Uh, him and uh, Lenin and the Bolshevik Party uh, overthrew the government. So it was 1970 and the Russian Revolution, not to be confused with the one from 1905, uh, it was where Lenin took over and immediately introduced communism and led to the Bolsheviks in a three-year uh, Russian civil war, which it was successful and they founded the Soviet Union or the USSR in 1922. That's when the communist Soviet Russia that we know of yeah. in the, from the 20s to the 80s uh, kicked off yeah so ooh, that was the start of communism but I have the start of I have a full list here of everything that happened between these guys and I wonder can I just leg it through or should we kick into we do a few songs for us and then do it um, I think it's important I think it's important we, I think we should do little fill-ins in between songs about the history of the Cold War as opposed to yeah. full history podcast we're not Dan Carlin no 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 no. But, we um, did need to, I did need to set the scene yeah. of of what was going on. One of the big things um, that I, I looked into was the um, the way the Cold War influenced pop culture. Yeah. So, you, you did, you, I did a kind of history nerdy bit and you did a bit how it actually yeah. affected people and, and stuff, yeah. Like, it, it's it's very... The whole thing is very interesting because after World War II, when, when let, let's just use... We say Berlin is ground zero for the Cold War, right? Um, right. Which pretty much was they built a fucking wall and split it in half. Um, that divide like that kind of American patriot uh, kind of patriotism and that fervent fucking communism seemed to have this mad reaction in movies and music yeah well like it was it was it was angled as good versus evil so very much so very much so the russians took a beating in the propaganda of those movies as i'm sure the americans did in the propaganda of of russia of 100 percent. yeah it's just unfortunately the rest of the world is watching american movies you know this is the thing um so you ended up with these movies, you know, you ended up with your Rockies and your fucking Rambos and all this kind of stuff. Um, mm. Like, let's be honest, um, like the, the 80s produced probably the greatest era of action movies and yeah, TV like the, shows. The, and They don't really stand the test of time for no. other people, but they do for us. So yes, exactly. Okay. Like, once we saw it, like when, when we saw these movies for the first time, when they first came out, they struck a chord with us, and now we can watch them again and go like, "Holy yeah. Jesus Christ!" Like, remember, you get the you get the kind of member berries as well as the yeah. the, the kind of shock value of it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what we'll do <laughs> just before you launch into your first song. Mm. I will give a, qu- a little quick part of it, and then we'll come back to it yeah. again later. So Lennon died, and on his deathbed, he said that he does not want Joseph Stalin to be his successor. Yeah, but he was Stinger. Uh, Stalin went on to industrialize the Soviet Union and later lead a significant. World War II efforts that led to the key victories over Germany. Mm. Uh, ultimately, it ended when the USA did a big nuclear on Japan, yeah. as we remember. Uh, after World War II, Stalin created a communist bloc of countries in Europe that pissed off President Trump and Prime Minister Churchill, who called it the Iron Curtain. That's where you get the name, yeah. the Iron Curtain, from. They were super, super unhappy because he was building an annex, or not an annex, but he was building it like a kind of blockade yeah. in the middle of Europe, and um, he wasn't allowing them fair and free elections, which was actually supposed to be what was done. So in 1947, the USA under Truman announced the Truman Doctrine. This is really kind of important to all this. Mm. Um, 
It was a foreign policy declaring that its intentions to contain the spread of Russian geopolitical expansion and communism. Uh, so but that coincided with the setup of NATO, which Russia has never had good relations with anyway yeah. since then. Um, this is an agreement between 30 North American and European countries, which basically said that we were a mutual defense against any external parties' attacks, not naming any names. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first part of it. This was viewed yeah. as by most people as the beginning of the Cold War. Yeah. Um, this it, was 1947. It really was the start when Truman said, I am now telling the world that I'm viewing communism and Russia as an actual threat. Yeah. So the, that's, the, yeah. The, the, the Americans seem to be terrified that in, in defeating Germany, they were after creating um, a new empire. Yes. So you had you have like Russia will be were expanding all over Eastern Europe and like yeah. the, the the governments governments that they were setting up were like extraordinarily left wing, but they were communist, which is anti everything yes. American. So it scared the living shit out of them. And they were um, still really being run by <laughs> the Soviet Union. Very much like, so. Like they were yeah. they're puppet states essentially. Yeah. Um, exactly. But this terrified America that like a big chunk of the world had just kind of been given over to Russia because I mean let, let's be honest you kind of the, the, the alloys from World War II, which would have been uh, USA, uh, fucking Great Britain, uh, Russia, all the, the goodies to a degree. Um, yeah. As terrible as that, that sounds. I mean, there was, definitely was goodies and baddies, but there was definitely soldiers on fucking both sides that were just dealing with yeah, the cold. Um, but yeah, terrified of a new empire being born that they were going to have to fight at some stage, uh, especially because America is a country built upon uh, kind of immigrants. And so yeah. you'd, you'd people all over America that were from these countries that had been not necessarily annexed, but being taken under the wing of the USSR and just terrified yeah. the shit out of them. And what happened to music was that the movies start reflecting Russia bad, America good. And you start getting these kind of Very much, yeah. weird, like propaganda is probably the wrong word. This is slightly beyond propaganda. This is like kind of pop culture propaganda, but music never really followed suit. No, um, I think because Hollywood. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure there's loads of music that did follow suit, but that's not going to be popular because it's not. It, yeah. It's not rock and roll. Rock it, and roll was never very gonna, much. Yeah, like the the, the whole the, the, you had the whole thing with like um, uh, McCarthyism that was a big fucking issue where everybody was being pointed out to be communist musicians, actors. Yeah. There was a blacklist created um, yeah. for musicians and actors that which could never get any more work. Yeah, um, it was um, like a it was like a witch hunt. Yeah, it was very much was a witch hunt, and uh, you had people who were directly influenced by this blacklist and by this witch hunt and McCarthyism, and the general fear of like nuclear warfare and the draft and everything. You had yeah. this reaction in music where, um, because as a rule, the kind of the youth are kind of anti-authoritarian anyway. Um, they just seeing what the standard of living was, like the kind of people who went after Thatcher, you know. Yeah. Uh, they have to pick they pick whoever's in charge and it's like okay that's the target now we're going fucking balls deep whether they even agree or not going against it's going to sell records unfortunately yeah. this is a different era so which will probably bring us maybe to my first song yeah um, <coughs> which is Frankie Goes to Hollywood which is a weird yeah. choice I know but, no, uh, I don't know. Well, well, yeah, for for an artist, but this song is definitely yes. This is at the right time, and it's definitely about this one hundred percent. So the song is Two Tribes, which is, it's a fucking amazing song. Anyway, Two Tribes is yeah, a fucking like killer of a song. Um, this came out in nineteen eighty three. Sorry, actually, this song came out in nineteen eighty four. Uh, Relax was their debut. That came out in nineteen eighty three. This is their mm. second single. Um, 
Frankie Oz the Hollywood put out a couple of singles before they ever bothered putting out their album. Um, their album was uh, Welcome to the Pleasure Gone, which is a classic, a Stone Cold classic. Everybody needs to own that album. And uh, so this is the second single off. This would have been released on 7-inch and 12-inch before this fucking the album ever saw the light of day. Yeah. I think the, the album it came out in like 1984. Uh, 1985, things something moved, like that. Things moved a lot slower back then. Oh, big time. Well, what they were trying to do was they'd release a single and they could tour off the back of a single. Once you had a 40-minute set and you played that song last, yeah. and it meant the record label who were funding the whole thing could get um, could get uh, their, kind of, their teeth into it and figure out how and to, as, and how as to we push know, it. from 80s acts, they can still uh, do a 40-minute set based on one song. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, the song was originally recorded for John Peel in 1982, actually. That song is doing the rounds. You can find that on YouTube. Um, and it's much more stripped down, but the basis of right. it is completely there. Um, the song, <sighs> Holly Johnson, who's the singer and main songwriter um, f- for uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, mm. he said that he wanted the music, he wanted to have like an American riff and he wanted to have a Russian riff in right. there to kind of show that the two sides kind of going at each other. He also said that, yes, the song is about the Cold War and it's about nuclear warfare he said but it literally could be about like batman versus robin um in his own words he said yeah, this could be like initially i wouldn't have thought that this was about th- that but like or it could you know like you said it could be applied to so many things not yeah. just any other war exactly any yeah. other conflict between jesus neighbors it doesn't really matter Football exactly teams, yeah. he, he said it himself that this could be captain Cork versus the klingons you know yeah. it's like you, you kind of apply what um what you're kind of feeling yourself upon it uh, lyrically, it's, it's it's exactly what you fucking think. It's a bit mostly references yeah. to tribal warfare, and uh, then you've got references to uh, oil, um, the black the, was it the black gas? I think they call it, or the black water that comes out of the ground. There's generally a lot of stuff yeah. um, in there that's kind of evergreen, but because of the year that it came out in, it's most certainly about fucking Russia versus America. Yeah. Um, what I found very interesting: the original mixes have. Uh, have speeches from Ronald Reagan at the start of them, but it turns out it wasn't Ronald Reagan. It's a uh, mm. Chris Barry who's Rimmer in Red Dwarf. <laughs> it's him, and they picked him because he done the voice for Ronald Reagan on Spitting Image. Oh, so, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got him in. They got Rimmer from Red Dwarf in um, to do the voices. He done loads of voices. There's, there's like eight different mixes. Uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Frankie goes to Hollywood were swines for doing like different mixes. I think the, the shortest one is still like four minutes long or something. And that's considered to be the radio with it. But normally a radio with it would be two yeah, and a half, three you, minutes. Yeah, you, you can tell they just let that, those loops run for ages. Let it go even, and go Even in Two Tribes. Yeah. Tribes is so great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the video was directed by two of the lads from 10CC. Weird. I was only reading about them today. That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that yeah. fucking mad? Uh, that yeah. Mad. Two of the lads from 10CC uh, started their own little video production company. And this would, I think this might have been one of the first jobs that they ever done. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, when you go back to it, you hear the kind of American riff. Uh, like that's kind of American disco style. And then it goes, that kind of weird all over the place kind of stuff that's in there. I think that's his idea of like, the Russian influence coming into the song. Uh, the song is fucking super, but it's a, it's I love a it, yeah. general themed fucking us versus them, them versus them, and we're kind of I stuck figure, in the middle. I figure any song that's kind of like a little bit um, ambiguous to, regarding what war they're singing in, you just mm. have to look at what time it was. And this was definitely influenced by the Like so many songs that we're talking yeah. to here may not directly um, reference them 
But uh, that, that definitely is. It's the time. It's the eighties. It's in the news yeah. all the time. So that's what kicks it off. Yeah, there was no um, getting away from it. Like even no, yeah. like uh, I was born in nineteen eighty one. So I what just finished. What what year did the Cold War finish? Ninety one. Ninety two. Yeah. So I had well, ten so, years. Sort of, of I'd say by by eighty eight, it was kind of wrapping. It up. was kind of wrapping up. Yeah. Um. So let's say realistically, by the time I had half a clue about what the fuck was actually going on, I might have had two three years maximum. Of even knowing that something was going on, not nowhere near the details, but knowing yeah. something was going on. So I do, like I said, I do remember, <coughs> I do remember like Reagan on television and that type of shit, garbage off all the time. Um, yeah. You see, uh, in, in in Ireland, we never had that. Russia is the bad guy thing. We didn't. The, uh, so. Our our problem was that we suffered from the same thing that most of Europe suffered from: is that you've got fucking these cunts on the right and these cunts on the left, and they start yeah. lobbing nukes. These nukes going to travel over. Yeah. And like again, you've got you're talking about mutually assured destruction, but like it's like fucking hell. I had a remote control helicopter in the nineteen eighties. You know, one of these Bob's bargains fucking things, and they'd go yeah. up and it hit a wall and fall down. So yeah. I can only imagine what the, which way they were guiding these nukes across the fucking it's, it's, Atlantic. Yeah, it's gas because America, we, we'll never know how many uh, nukes that they lost regarding yeah. like transportation and testing. But fucking America right, yeah. lost a lot. They're called Broken Arrows yeah. from that film with John Travolta. But it's crazy to think that, like, I think at one stage some of them dropped in uh, France and they said, well, it's okay as long as they don't go off. And then they checked, no, nah, hang on, these things leak yeah. into your water. Of it's course, crazy, they like, yeah. riddled with yeah. plutonium for fuck's yeah. sake. Like, so yeah. I read something were... online. I read something online. This was fucking brilliant. Well, I was rooting around on this, yeah. and one, some <laughs> someone online asked, "How how many calories is in one gram of plutonium?" Oh my! God. And someone worked it out, and it's like two hundred billion calories. <laughs> two hundred billion calories <laughs> in one gram like, of plutonium. Yeah. You'd never know what it could. <laughs> What, it, what that could have done to you apart from not this. giving you superpowers yeah. I'll tell you that much yeah. <laughs> fucking hell yeah two, um, two tribes is an absolute banger <laughs> if you didn't pick if you didn't pick oh, I would have picked it yeah. you know, that way. Uh, who was yeah. your first one uh, my first one actually I might just go back to a little bit of boring yeah. history first um, don't get used so, to this as well you fucks listening at home I'm not no, doing this I'm every not week this again this is a pain the bollocks no, so I've always been mad into the cold war so I do like talking about it a little bit um Berlin was split uh, at a time which we mentioned before mm. and the differences in lifestyle between the two sides became really really apparent yeah. and uh, at this stage people could still kind of walk freely between the two places mm. so people from the west east germany or east berlin would walk over and go hang on a sh- sh- this isn't uh, this isn't the way we live yeah. so stalin didn't like that so what he did was an aggressive move he told truman that he was cutting off all the supply lines to the west, Ber- west berlin mm. and that um prompted at the beginning of something called the Berlin Airlift where they were dropping in supplies and it was super successful and everybody was really happy with that. Um, But this was really the first time we saw capitalism versus communism. Mm. Because not only that, America was sending lots of money to, uh, I think it was the Marshall Plan, they sent a lot of money to to certain countries over their side and people could start to see that, oh my God, communism communism is, uh, is quite poor but you know <laughs> what those is... those roots are still there like if you i've been saying this for years the most american place on earth that is not america is germany like if you're in germany right. you'll find stores like trader joe's and like all this american style of food and restaurants and stuff yeah. like it's very very american and um, especially yeah. in the, the west end of it um like i spend I, I, every year i go to this fucking small city called gelsenkirchen it's just a small city it's like on the limerick or something like that yeah but like 
even there, like it's it's fucking yeah, outrageous. Yeah, yeah it's super American. Like you're like, McDonald's everywhere. I spent loads. I spent a lot of time in, in Frankfurt as well. Um, same thing. Uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Starbucks. All, all but they, again, they're kind of everywhere. Um, yeah, except for except for Eastern Europe. Really? Yeah, they are there, but nowhere like like uh, kind of Western Europe. Nowhere like France and Germany. Any time I've been to Eastern Europe, I've gone like, they have incredible restaurants for mm. incredibly low prices. But so, all, like, is yeah, that to do with the fact that they would look at McDonald's and go, no, you're the, right. I, like, I know people from Poland that have literally never been to a McDonald's. Like, yeah. They they know they're there, like the KFC and all. They're all there, yeah. But they just they don't go to it. They they don't oh, want yeah. that. If they they're going out to. to eat, they find like some local kebab that's, shop. Yeah, that's what or, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, there's very much. There's uh, Eastern Europe has a very. Uh, uh, what would you say? They're, they're they're big into starting their own businesses, and they're they're, they're mad into, like they're mad into like their own endeavors. You know, they're not too bothered with franchises. It's kind of like the right way to go, really. One hundred percent. It makes for a more interesting city. I tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, where was I? Oh yeah, nineteen forty nine. Soviet had created their atomic bomb. This is the start of scary yeah. times. And Stalin said at that time that a war between Soviet Russia and the West was inevitable. Mm. Now imagine the fucking top brass coming out and saying that like that's that's crazy so yeah. a year later 1950 china enters so mao Zedong and the communist party liberation defeated the republic of china to take over that created a ginormous extra communist mm. stay stuck onto you know the side of russia and china and russia in 1950 signed their own mutual defense treaty didn't they so, have a row eventually of course they did yeah yeah they had a big that, row that was much later yeah like yeah china is china do you know what i mean like, of course not, yeah. Wuhan! Um, at this time, around this time, Stalin made the north of Korea communist, while the yeah. west made the south of Korea anti-communist. So that's mm. why we have that shit show. Yeah. Like, began, you know what I mean? There was a uh, big, big thing to try and get, uh, to, to try and stop North Korea from annexing South Korea there for a while as well. A big, like, world yeah. push. The the Korean War is its yeah. own thing completely as well. Yeah. Like, that is... Jesus, the, the shit that went on there as well. Like that's we, that's another thing as well. We can't, get, we can't come into that too much mm. over Vietnam, but um, where Russia's helped the North invaded the South. NATO got involved, China got involved, and the USA considered nuking China at that stage. But uh, I think it was Truman that said, "No, we're not going to do that" because the, the the military were like, "We have to." Mad into the nuking at that stage. Oh, stay away. Now it's one, one bomb all gone. Well, that's so it. Anyway. That's a, literally like it's like yeah. patching your computer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Windows has an it update is. that's going to stop the big <laughs> cocks arriving on your screen. You know, your anti virus <laughs> update. Oh, yeah. Press that button. You know what I mean? There's a country yeah, full yeah, of these paying yeah. the bollocks over there. Press that button. Press that button. That stops. Like, it goes just away. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love Look. a button like that. Yeah. Like there is, remember that they did like have software like that that gets rid of crap on computer and there was a big nuke button, nuke, nuke all the yeah. trash, nuke yeah. all that. Anyway, in '53, Eisenhower replaced Truman. Stalin died, and uh, Nikita Khrushchev came into power. And he's uh, initially people thought that it was going to be a little bit better with him because he was kind of more into like the freedom of expression, mm. but he hated stuff like poetry, jazz, and modern <laughs> art. So, so he was pretty sound in that regard. Because mm. <laughs> mm. all those things I'm not into. Uh, the, spy, the, spy game, the spy game started to ramp up massively at this yeah. stage. This was just sleeper agents in either place as well. Yeah. Quadruple yeah. age. This is where the terrible films are say. Yeah, I and this is what you, back to what you were saying earlier. Khrushchev can create an environment where popular culture was seen 
as imperialistic yeah. Western and capital. Yeah. But then on the USA side of things, accusations of communism was like a witch hunt, like we were oh, talking about earlier. Yeah, so it was like it's just it was really just as bad as each other. It wasn't like oh no, those deals over there are okay, but it's just their government. It's oh like it's Russia, this Russia is that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, it, was, it was everybody versus everybody essentially. Yeah, um, I'm coming up to just the last little bit of this, so I'll just fight race through because I'm, I'm bored and listening to myself <laughs> trying to be a historian here. I want to go back to the music. I want to go back to the music, man. In uh, 1957, Russia launched Sputnik. That was a big deal. Yeah. It was the first ever satellite. And they also sent the man, Yuri Gagarin, into space in 1961. After, after the dog, the poor fucking dog. I know, yeah. What was it, like of the dog or like of the dog? Little jacker. Like, and they left her up there to die, the cunts. Sp- space dog. <laughs> fucking left her up there to die. There was apparently... Apparently, I was reading something about this before. They, they could have figured out a way of getting her home, but it would have taken ages. And it's Russia. like, how much does that cost for a dog? Yeah, a dog, no. But like apparently, they're that, that, that dog. In saying that, no, yeah, that's not fair. And in saying that, America is the same. Like, was, With the chimps. Oh, hundreds, God, yeah, exactly, hundreds yeah. of chimps they killed and videotaped them. Jeez, you couldn't get away with that now. No, you couldn't. You couldn't, you couldn't, even, you couldn't even call a fucking uh, yeah. chimpanzee a course word now without somebody coming after you. Yeah, we'll have to be careful. Uh, at, at, during this time, atomic bombs became hydrogen bombs. Big deal as well there. Yeah. And just the last little point before we move off, this was a big deal as well, the Checkpoint Charlie incident. Yeah. Where Soviets were winning the space and arms race, but at a massive fucking cost to like, the lifestyles. And uh, the division of wealth between the sides meant that there was a massive exodus of people from East Berlin to the West. Mm. And they were able to move freely at the time. So I think Khrushchev said, Right, this is we're building an actual wall, and that's the yeah. Berlin Wall job. Uh, hundreds of Berliners died trying to cross that or get across while it was being built and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, the problem happened when Russia stopped letting diplomats cross it. So mm. uh, Kennedy sent tanks up to checkpoint Charlie and just pointed right across. Khrushchev sent tanks right there, and for thirteen <laughs> hours, tanks were just aimed at each other. Anything could have kicked off during that no sixteen crack. hours. No so Kennedy, crack. Ken- yeah, Kennedy called Khrushchev and said. You inch back a little bit, we'll inch back, and eventually that got that sword. Yeah, so yeah. that's the first half of the history of the Cold War, as far as mm. I'm concerned. Don't. There's a second half we'll get into later, but we'll, I'll just quickly run through what song I picked. Yep. Um, and it is Land of Confusion by Genesis. I fucking love this, this song. Oh, God, it's so good. It's their, one of it. their angriest, rockiest yeah. songs yeah, well. like, It's fucking yeah. vicious. I forgot it's about brilliant. it for years until about a year ago, and it randomly popped up on a playlist, and I was like, yeah. oh, I remember it. Listen yeah. to it all day then. And the video, the video as a kid freaked me out, but it also yeah. was brilliant. Uh, it's spitting image style, but it's not actually by the actual spitting image people. No, it was another company. Yeah, yeah. And there, the, the, the guy who made this uh, made them even creepier than spitting yeah. image. Like they're really creepier. Yeah. Um, so this is 86 as well, so close enough to two tribes. It's a song about political mess at the time and how helpless people felt. That's the common theme with all mm. these songs. Uh, the video was. More indicative of the Cold War itself, though, because it had Reagan, uh, you know, falling asleep and accidentally yeah, setting yeah. off um, nuclear weapons at the end of it. It was actually inspired by Spitting Image, who took the piss out of Phil Collins. Yes, doing his yeah. solo stuff. Do you remember that yeah, <laughs> Spitting Image, yeah, Phil Collins? Yeah. He took he he did, you know Phil Collins was like at this stage just getting stick. Then we only talked about him in our last podcast. Yeah. But he took it. He took this well and did this. Um, 
It's one of the best Genesis songs by yeah. an absolute mile, and it's covered by Disturbed, which is okay. I always remember when I was a kid, I, I hadn't a clue what was going on in the song, right? Because I, yeah. I, I was only a baby. I don't oh, no, remember I from, anything. I knew, from, I knew from, like, I didn't know who Thatcher really was. I, I didn't know who Reagan was. knew she was on telly. Yeah. yeah, I knew people were like, them fucking politicians again. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's it. was just yeah. a general painting of that. Yeah. But I always remember that fucking, oh, Superman, where are you now, Lion, from the song. Yeah. And to this day, it's still, that's one of those like fucking superb lyrics that just born, it's, it's born into it's my great. fucking head. And at that part of the video, Reagan is dressing up as that's Superman right. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, spit image, spit, ew, spitting image is actually back this year. Believe it or not. I don't know uh, what. I couldn't no, no, parsed. absolutely not. Like, because it won't be funny. It will not I be funny. Then it won't be allowed. Do it went funny. Like, you can't send monkeys into space. It can't be funny anymore. Yeah, like they can do Trump, uh, like. Do, who else is that? Boris and Trump. Putin and, and yeah. No, I don't know. I can't. I no. Anyway, look, that's uh, land of confusion mm. and spitting image is better. Probably left in the past. Who yes. is your? Who's your next one? My next one is it's kind of kind of a quick one to be honest. With you. It's the Sex Pistols yeah. with uh, Holidays in the Sun uh, from October 1977. So we're going back a tiny little bit more even. Um, yeah, this is yeah. the fourth single off Nevermind the Bollocks. Uh, I've been very vocal before. I, it's, it's not that I don't like the Sex Pistols. I just I think they were more important than they were good. I think they have one actually good song, Buddies, and this is definitely not uh, one of their good songs. Um, this is uh, an interesting kind of theme. It's very loose. I mean, it's it's a fucking Sex Pistols song. That's not going to be. It's not going to be overly political. It's going to be really basic. <laughs> um, they, they, they kind of they excelled at keeping everything so basic that everything was open to interpretation exactly yeah yeah so um so th- this song is about uh they'd um they'd been floating around as a band for a little bit and they were sick of being in london they wanted to get out of london and maybe record or do some gigs and just kind of hang out in another city for a while and i think they wanted to go to paris or something like that and they just they, they couldn't get it together to go to paris and they ended up going to berlin and while they were in Berlin, they realized that Berlin was a fucking shithole, just like London was, but at least people spoke different languages. Yeah. And everyone was a little bit, uh, a little bit kind of spicier, you know? There was, a, there was kind of this imminent threat uh, there due to the, the wall and due to the yeah. kind of the diverse nature of the, the West versus the East. And uh, so they, they basically wrote a song about kind of, is the grass greener on the other side of the wall? Oh, right. Yeah. You know? Uh, so it's... <sighs> Again, like I said, it's it's vague enough that it literally could be about them going for a sunny holiday, or it could because, because it if could you, be if you, if you push them on it, they'll just act like they know all about it, but don't know anything about oh, it. Because as much as I love Sex Pistols, well, I don't really. Yeah, but saying um, the insufferable cunts. Really. 100% insufferable cunts <laughs> but Lloyden in particular the rest of them are whatever yeah. like yeah, Lloyden I guarantee you if you, if you found an interview with Lloyden on YouTube ask him you know what's the holidays and about well that's about what you think it's yeah. about what isn't think, it what do you think it's yeah. about can you well, for yourself that's a better question isn't it yeah, that's yeah, exactly, exactly like <laughs> yeah that's what you're going to get 100% <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have to really know anything no. about all questions like that you have to do yeah. fuck all it's a very, uh, un- unfortunately he's a very <laughs> important man in music and he's that's a very unpleasant that's man that's so a great, it's a great impression of him <laughs> yeah he's just a horrific a better question isn't yeah, it, it? <laughs> Like yeah, he's he's one of the skexies from fucking Dark Crystal. That's what he is. Um, yeah, he's, the the song itself is interesting. Um, yeah, it's not terrible. 
It's not great. The fact that the Sex Pistols wrote a song about the Berlin Wall is more interesting to me than the Sex Pistols itself, you know? Yeah, to be um, honest with you. Yeah. yeah. The song itself, it's fine. It's, it's fucking fine. This is also from an era where like people were releasing like six singles off fucking albums. So this is the fourth one off that. Um, mm. Yeah, they went to Berlin and saw what the fuck was going on and how uh, the West Berlin was completely insulated from uh, yeah, so, East Berlin. So, so, then what do you think about London now? Yeah. I think about London now where you can actually move freely and there's not an air of... Yeah, would you like to go back? Would you like yeah. to go back? You know, where half the city's not missing, you know? Yeah. No! No. Well, you go back. That's the better yeah, question. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I quite like it here, actually. Yeah. I like it yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'll have you over for yeah. tea. And Are you staying here? Mm. Then I'll go there. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking cantankerous, oh, miserable bastard. Mouth. Yeah, he's a like him, he's, I like yeah. him in a way, but I wouldn't I be able to do I believe it's him. not butter, you yeah. fucking prick. <laughs> um, anyway, that's the Sex Wizards Holidays and so on. Who is your next one? Next one's a massively important one. It's uh, Scorpion, Winds of Change Jeez, from 1990. Oh, I love this fucking song, man. Like, it's it's so cheesy. But it's, it's so horrific. Good. It's horrific. It's, like, it's, all other German music, it's fucking horrific. Yeah. So it's, like, I, like, like you just said, German, it's a power ballad yeah. that envelops the feeling of the fall of the communist government. So we're there already. We're jumping forward to that yeah. for a moment. Uh, and the hopes for a change. A lot of people think it was about um, the Berlin Wall and the reunification of Germany, but they said no. It's literally about like the start of the fall of um, the Soviet Union, which then obviously led to that anyway. Yeah. Um, they wrote it in Moscow in 1989. Really? Yeah, they wrote it in Moscow in 1989 after being the first hard rock band to be allowed to play in Russia. Hard rock, my whole. Ah, uh, they have a few riffs. Rock you like a hurricane. Mm. Rock you like a Panzer tank. Oh, fucking them. To be fair, to be fair, to both of those two songs, they're fucking savage. They're they fucking deadly. savage. Yeah. I like Scorpions. They're grand. I, they have I, a few. They, they changed around a few times in the late eighties and nineties. Yeah, we, as talk, well, we talked. We talked about them. We did, didn't we? Yeah. Do uh, they also have some horror shows some of songs? Horrific shows. You, you you pointed it. What was the song you? Oh, I can't remember the Blue Box or something, <laughs> oh, like, something like that. This is the worst things I ever yeah. heard in my whole life. They're just but like, they, no, let's uh, be like an industrial fucking like synth pop band. Yeah. All right, yeah, all right. Shave our heads they, uh, All right. Yeah, they wrote that after they played uh, the Moscow Peace Festival in 1989, which also had like Skid Row, Cinderella, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Gorky Park, the, I think they were a Russian band, and Ozzy. And uh, they well, said that they were, that's good they were oh, absolutely, yeah. They said that they were blown away by the fact that Russians instantly just loved it and were into them, despite the fact that they'd fought them in two wars. Like, mm. you know, mm. but um. The lyrics of that song are obviously the famous ones. Followed the Muscova d- down to Gonky Park. Yeah. He says that was mad weird. It's mad cheesy, man, but um, it really captures that optimism. And the chorus is so big. Ugh, like if, if you if you could see this chorus coming from the start of it, <laughs> it, would, be, it would be tidal wave over your head. You're yeah. like, if you were just like, if you knew what was coming after that. Actually, it's a funny fact about that intro. They, they sent that. The original one to the, to the record label, they went absolutely not starting with a whistle. Really? You're not starting a song with a whistle. You just start with a, a raring guitar version yeah. of that. Yeah. They, fit, yeah. <clears throat> they tried it and said, it sounded like shit. So we'll meet you halfway. We'll put a kind of cleanish guitar playing over. Yeah. It, the melody's so fucking good, ah, it's man. I vicious. absolutely it's, love it. It's absolutely yeah. one of those once in a lifetime things. I'd say whoever wrote the song in the band was just messing around one day and they're like, <gasps> And their nipples got hard, and they just fucking ran down to the fucking 
to, to yeah. the fucking the telephone booth or whatever. Right, I, I, I've made it. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Like, but that, that's why I think they're always going to be popular in Russia. Mm. They they were one of the first rock acts to like play their uh, 80, 89, yeah, yeah. Like, properly proper rock. We'll touch on later some of the other bands that did it. But um, they, here's a weird one, right? They were invited by Gorbachev to come over in 1991. Personally, when he was in the middle of like some serious fucking shit that we'll also go into later. He was and probably they, at that gig. I'd say he was. I'd say Gorbachev's yeah. a bit of a rocker. He's also, I think he was also at the, oh, I can't, can't talk about that right now. Um, he, um, they personally gave him 70k from the royalties for Winds of Change. They gave him 70k? They gave him 70k, because I think he knew that Russia was in a bit of a state at that hmm. stage. Now, I don't know what 70k is going to get you in Russia. Who knows? I don't know. One of my favorite um, fields is from Russia. Is it? What is that? Yeah, the pierogi. Um, pierogi? From, yeah, pierogi. Yeah, the, the one I eat, it's called a Ruski. It's like a Ruski. Yeah, Ruski. It's like it's just it's literally yeah. just uh it's like this weird cheese that they use in Poland and uh it's like mashed potato in uh, like a little pastry and you boil it and you can eat it boiled or, or you can fry it with like onions and sour cream and it's absolutely ten out of ten. That sounds it's incredible. Absolutely outrageous. And yeah. um, I could eat them. I had forty two of them once. And, uh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, Do you wonder mis- why your stomach does be in bits. Uh, yeah, I had forty two of them once sitting, <laughs> but that was the first time I ever went to Poland and me uh, me Mrs. Mab was looking at me. She just kept putting them on the table. The, if the, he dies, he dies. That's what it was like. They have this. They have this thing where they have to feed you. You know, like yeah. like your granny or something. Say like, you're hungry. Listen, yeah. you just fed me. I go and have a biscuit. I, can't, I wonder I is there a fa- is there a stage where if you kept eating, would a granny go? Oh God, maybe he's had enough. Exactly. Yeah, you. No, because I don't think they will. I don't think they ever <laughs> no, will. they keep going. Oh, he's yeah. still hungry. I have not yeah. fed him enough. I oh, yeah, forty yeah. killed him, and the ma was like fucking. Even she played it down, but then a year later, she was like, "I never seen anybody do that before." No, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I was just doing it because you kept saying to eat more." Like I was in bits for days. <laughs> that was a little standoff between you and the exactly, family. Yeah. That was anyway, around Berlin yeah. Wall made a pierogi. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was uh, Winds of Change by Scorpion, one of the best sort of post. Newly post Cold War songs yeah, about the yeah. end of it. Who is your next one? Uh, I picked Barry Maguire with the Eve of Destruction. Yeah, this. Tell me about this one. So this is. Uh, it was originally written by a guy called P. F. Sloan in 1964. Now Barry Maguire's version came out a year later in 65. Uh, the song itself has been. It's kind of been hijacked by by Vietnam. It's very very much looked upon as a Vietnam yeah. song, but it's not. It's a general, all-round, fucking, you now, fucking bang, and the silla bang, and the dirt is gone type of, covers everything from the Cold War. Uh, yeah. It covers a little bit of Vietnam, uh, nuclear war, the draft, Cold War, fucking you name it, across well, the board. nuclear war, it's 100%. Any song that's talking about nuclear war yeah. around that area is it's talking Cold about war. the Cold War. Exactly. And so it covers all of that. Uh, what was mad about this is that, it kind of, it's just fucking mad. It got banned. The song itself was banned on loads of uh, UK radio stations, and it was it wasn't really banned in the states, but it was frowned upon, and it was frowned upon so hard that they ended up popularizing it. Um, so the US media really demonized it. They they considered it be uh, they thought it was like it summed up everything that was wrong with the youth of America. Um, they they went as far as to call it an aid to the enemy, is what they called it. Um, they mm. literally thought it was like kind of pro Vietnam, pro Russian, pro pro communist oh, right. propaganda. Yeah. Um, 
the song itself uh, by P.F. Sloan, uh, as far as I know, as far as I know, he wrote it and he ended up recording it himself. He recorded a version of it himself. It didn't do it. It was all right. It done okay. And it was offered, yeah. it was offered to uh, the boards. And the board said no. The boards apparently said no to fuck a lot of Holy stuff. shit, the board said no to someone else's song. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly. We covered them before. They were bastards for it. Um, but they, they, they said no. And there was a, if you remember, there was another band called the Turtles. Yeah, that's right. And the Turtles were like, they were like the fucking cum rag of, of, of the boards. They literally soaked up everything that the boards didn't want. So <laughs> if the boards said no, the turtle stepped in and were like, you offer that to the board? Oh, we'll, we'll do it. So the boards banged out a version of it as well. Um, they all, Apparently, they always took, 99.9% of the time, they always took stuff that the board said no to. Yeah. Um, on Bar- Barry Maguire's version is the famous version of it. That's the one yeah. everybody fucking knows. Everybody right. knows it. Um, well, uh, P.F. Sloan, the, the writer, actually was hired as a session guitarist to play on that song as well. Him and a couple of the Wrecking Crew guys played on it. But um, the fact that they hired P.F. Sloan, the guy who wrote the song, as a session guitarist, is, is a bit fucking, <laughs> it's a bit weird. Um, the vocals on that song are, the one that you, ones that you hear, they're the scratch vocals. They're not the, the, the finished vocals. Apparently what happened... prefer? No, apparently it was leaked. They had a little acetate um, of whatever that day of session that had the fucking, of him, the worst in the world. It is exploding. Where he's not really singing, he's just kind of talking kind of melodically along with it, just a guide for the other musicians to kind of lay down their parts. And someone took the acetate and gave it to a local radio station who played it, and it fucking blew up. It blew up. Everybody went mad. They were like, holy shit, holy shit. And uh, so they never bothered recording it. They just went with that. So that's the version you hear now. Uh, Sloan, P.S. Sloan released his own, or a new version of it in 2006. That's what, yeah, I figured it had been done again, hadn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing a fucking thousand times. Like uh, he's uh, McGuire, Barry McGuire has recorded it himself. He he tore, he went, he became a, a born again Christian in Jesus nineteen ninety something, and he's recorded like three or four different versions of it. He's changed the lyrics to be about God a little bit. And, right. Um, it's been covered by a list of people here. I mean, uh, the Dickies, who are one of my favorite punk bands. DOA, who were like an original Canadian kind of hardcore punk band. Public Enemy have covered it. Uh, Pussy Roya, I've covered it. Um, this, one of the most famous, one of the most famous times the song was ever played was on the A Team. They played Barry Maguire's Eve of Destruction on the A Team once when the, uh, the A Team were having flashbacks to being in Vietnam. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm going to go looking for that later. I want to see the A Team in Vietnam while Eve of Destruction is playing. Um, the, the song. It's a fucking great song. It's a fucking superb song. It really is. Um, Barry McGuire, he might not have written it, but that he made the, the ultimate version of it. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of cases that throughout history where the kind of cover version has become the, 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 the ultimate version of it. But the song oh, itself is... Yeah. The, the fact that governments around the world heard it meant like we can't have fucking this lad telling people like, the truth, essentially. You know, yeah. that yeah. You know, we're drafting people and killing them. And they, they think that... He's using music as... As, as, as a weapon against <laughs> us. Yeah, weapon, yeah, yeah. So I think what happened was they heard him kind of <sighs> making music militant and it scared the shit out of him. Because this would have right. been, like, this is 1965, you know? You would have had fucking, she loves me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Going into fucking Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts, all this type of shit, you know? You would have had that <laughs> kind of type of stuff going on. Elvis Presley fucking 
shaking all over. And then you had Barry Maguire, the Western world, it is exploding. Yeah. yeah. So that terrified governments all over the world. Russia didn't give a shit. Vietnam didn't give a shit. Um, because they would have seen it as propaganda on their behalf as the Americans and kind of the Western world did. But it's not. Well, even, it's more even, if they didn't, even if they didn't like it, it was annoying America. And that's just That's enough. super, yeah. The fact just that it just, enough. the fact that it kind of made people, I think that might have made a lot of casual music people militant. And that scared the shit out of them. Um, right. I think that was the big fear, that this one song, a kid could hear it and go like, really, is that what's happened? Like, it, really like if we if we keep up this way we're all going to die like everybody's going to die because in america they were just telling people are oh, we going to defeat the the commie menace you know the red scare yeah. um and we'll go, we'll go to vietnam we'll smash them up and we'll go we'll fucking we'll start japan out we'll start korea out you know russia's next yeah. it would have been very much home team advantage you know sure so in america nothing can happen and yeah because britain were an alloy didn't matter what was happening. Literally, like what's happening now. You know, the states has literally got like a million cases of fucking COVID nineteen, and no one really gives a bollocks. Like, because it's America, isn't it? You know, we'd be grand. We'll start it out. I wouldn't. I'd even go as far as to say that there's people <coughs> enjoying it, which I don't like the idea. Yeah, there's people yeah, but, going oh, <coughs> like oh, Darwinism for Americans. I'm like, man, Ugh. we've got loads of them as well. We've got Gemma O'Doherty's here as well. Yeah, we've got loads like, of. So, Absolute mutants as well, like mutants everywhere. There's just m- like literally tens of millions of Americans. So they're like, well, we have probably the same quota. ratio. We probably have the same ratio of mutants. Oh yeah, but their quota is going to be a lot higher just because just because of like, more, the demographics. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was Barney Maguire with the Eve of Destruction. Who is your next one? My next one is an absolute banger that has appeared before, but for completely different reasons. It's a okay. uh, killing, killing joke. Eighties from nineteen eighty four. So again, back to that mid eighties, just thing. Uh, this is just one of those incredibly sarcastic killing joke songs that just <laughs> lampoons and has digs at the whole. Yeah. I don't want to say establishment man, but um, like to to listen to it, you wouldn't think it's about. The Cold War, but it absolutely 100% is because A, the cover art on the single yeah. has the two flags, and in the video, Jazz Coleman is standing there on a podium with um, the USA flag draped in front of it mm. with the USSR flag behind them. Also, the ships, or the, the clips, the clips of the, show, of the video show Reagan and Brezhnev and stuff yeah. like that. This is the one we mentioned before because this song is the one that Nirvana stole the riffs yes. for. Um, this was written in Geneva in their lovely little place they used to love and go and just chill out and stuff like that. Um, he heard the lad, Killing Joe guitarist, what's his name? Jesus Christ. Jordy? Jordy, yeah. I heard him playing it and he was like, legged upstairs, play that again. Got this. Yeah, so um, it has the lyric, I'm in love with the coming race. Could mean the arms race, but it's also mm. apparently a book that Jazz Coleman was reading called The Coming Race, which was uh, from the 30s, I think, like that. Um, it's an absolutely brilliant song. There's not a huge amount to be said about it because in mm. the song, they don't really talk about it much. You know that in the 80s, there was always going to be yes. a Killing Joke song about the Cold War <laughs> yeah, or, or okay. having a go at it. Or loads and, of them. And it's also, or loads of them, but this, yeah. is the, this is their second biggest song they ever released, yeah. as far as I know. Like, next to Love Like Blood, this is probably the next Yeah, biggest, definitely, definitely. Is this, uh, off, uh, this off Killing Joke, Killing Joke, is it? Or is it? Is it off um, this is just a single, and I know it's on Laugh, I nearly Laugh bought now, the compilation, yeah. but I yeah. couldn't find out what album this was off. Yeah, it's probably yeah, just a single. 
the single artwork is, is great. Um, mm. But that's just a quick short one and Killing Joke 80s because yeah. I couldn't not put it in. Oh, yeah, big time. The, the video alone with the two with the two flags and the yeah. podium and they have other mad stuff like... Didn't he have a projector body? projecting on him as well, didn't he? Well, he had the flags on him. That was so weird with the lights. That was lovely, but I think was it? No, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Actually, yeah, yeah, there was there was clips of like dog weddings and stuff. Yeah. Mad shit, yeah. Yeah. just mad, <laughs> mad, mad and, and female weddings. body female bodybuilding uh, mm. championships and stuff mm. like that. So yeah, just mix it all up into like the this is the stuff that you devour on television, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, listen, who's your next one? Uh, my next one is Kate Bush. Oh yes. And uh, the song is Breathing, Breathing, uh, from 1980, off the album Never Forever, which is her first number one album. Uh, this is the album that Babushka came off. Uh, Breathing still a big song for her, but Babushka was like, obviously a fucking massive uh, song. Gonna crack a can. Yeah, yeah. So unprofessional. So unprofessional. I can't drink. I'm having fucking woman's troubles. I can't. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I have fucking pains and all. Well, so I can't. Pains, I'm only having one just to... Just can't. I'm drinking water here. Happens. Um, I know, I know, I know. Once, well, you need so that. Don't early. feel, don't feel too. Uh, no, jealous. It's still early. Um, yeah. So uh, this song is about a fetus in the womb uh, while um, nuclear bombs are dropping. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's fucking mad. Um, so it's it's told from the point of view of a fetus. So right. the fetus can hear the bombs dropping and it can see the flashes through the belly into the womb yeah. and uh, uh, it's talking about uh, the chips of plutonium are twinkling in every lung you know uh, and, and please just let me breathe so yeah it's, it's unusual yeah, you don't want that. yeah. <laughs> what's mad is the video for it go and look for the video for it the video was Kate Bush in a womb singing um, I think I remember the video <laughs> look, looking at the fucking war show a belly button window or something I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a belly button window, you know, a belly button window. Yeah, yeah. belly button. Uh, this has the this has the the, the honor of being the only song I know of that song from the point of view of a fetus in a well, womb. Well, no, no, it's not. Why? No, massive attack teardrop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that was the video and all. Is that what the song's about, though? The song is apparently roughly about I don't know, like. Some people thought it was an anti-abortion song. They came out and said, "Absolutely not." No, sorry, no. Um, couldn't tell you really what. I, I, I used to know remember what the video was, about. was the fetus. It freaked me out. Yeah, don't like well, that. It's, it's probably not. Maybe it's not sung from the point of view. Yeah, yeah, this is no, the only yeah. one I know of. And other songs about fetuses, like uh, uh, what's that? That Cocaine uh, actually named this kid Francis Bean, didn't he? Because the fetus looked like a jelly yeah. bean, and he had a song. Roughly, I can't remember what the fuck it was called. I know another fun fact about this song. Yeah, I picked this song. Yeah, for another podcast. Really? For this exact reason about Oh war. fucking hell! And the reason you don't remember that is because you tuned out because you were like you dickhead. You were like you were like oh fuck! You remember what we did? We did it on an episode that <laughs> both was the magical journey episode. Oh, for I real? Tried, I tried to tie this to nuclear. I think it was to um. 
People just got that magical journey one for free, actually. Cool, cool Keith's birthday was on the same day as they signed a, a treaty, and you were like, oh, would you fuck Oh, off? fuck, yeah, that was one of your big reaches, you prick. I had, like, oh, that producer worked on this, uh, who fucking, you know, there's a tape up on that album, worked on this album, and that fella was in this band. I tried to be all logical about it, and you're like, nah, man, same day, like, on the other side of the world, uh, this single came out. Same, on Cool Keith's birthday, uh, this, I linked, uh, I linked Kill Keith to, to Kate Bush, Kate as far Bush. as I know, through this, and you were like, <laughs> that's why you tuned out, you were like, Fuck Absolutely not. I probably just coursed at you for 10 minutes while you talked. Yeah, you um, did. it wasn't as bad as linking uh, The Cure to a different band, you really lost it at me then, but that was fun. All good times, good times. <laughs> you know who else is human and breathes air? Well, it's this fella. Um, <laughs> the world hurts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know who's been on a stage before with guitars? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that is, that's Kate Bush breeding of uh, Never Forever. It's a cute little song. It's weird. Yeah. But uh, the fact that it's about nuclear bombs dropping uh, and the year came yeah. in 1980, we have to assume. Oh, 100%. No, it is 100%. We it? have to. We have to bully. You don't hear songs about nukes anymore, do you? Um, unless someone did them about, like, the Korean testing their stuff out. Yeah, if he would write a song about that, that'd be stupid. Or, do, you know, I suppose, I suppose there could have been some with the Iran kind of... Maybe. Around maybe a nuclear weapons and I'll yeah. let you. You know what? It's only cool if it's really as, as strong as the Cold War. Yeah, which is you know super I mean? strong. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think they did. I don't think like unless they were singing. Yeah, they probably did sing songs about like Libya and stuff like that. I don't know. <sighs> in Libya. Yeah. Yeah, in the places that this shit happens, I guarantee. Kate Bush sings songs in the Libya. Oh, <laughs> here was the next one. Actually, before I go into the next one, I'm going to do yeah. a second half of this. Okay. Little down history road. <laughs> so this is 1959, and Fidel Castro, with the help of Che Guevara, overthrew the Cuban government, which uh, which meant that they had a communist country right on the USA's doorstep. Yeah. Oh, USA did not like no, that. Oh, crack! A couple of miles off. It was a Florida yeah. coast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they sent. They start. They said they were, that's it. We're taking that back. But at the last minute, Kennedy pulled a few people back and didn't send as many people he was going to. That led to an embarrassing defeat at the Bay of Pigs. If you want to know more, Bay of Pigs that, is madness. Yeah, you can either read up about it or watch Thirteen Days with Kevin Costner. Mm. Um, Nineteen sixty-two, USA spy plane noticed that Cuba had nuclear missiles, which had actually been given to them uh, by Khrushchev because they were only medium range. Mm. And uh, Castro was like, "Well." give it them to us because we're close to certain people yeah and uh i think at one stage i read that castro said i want to launch these nukes at america now i don't care if they bomb cuba i just want to launch them that's that's, <laughs> that's hearsay don't i'm fucking dying to do it i'm dying like, to do it. i think i think Khrushchev was like they'll, just, they'll born cuba he's like don't get the fuck's word yeah no no anyway um kennedy threatened to sink any soviet ships that were heading for cuba yeah uh, russia russia readied its nukes at that stage, USA then ready to nukes. And for the first time, the world ever saw USA at DEFCON 2, mm. which was the one before <coughs> it is war. Yeah. A uh, little side note about Vasily Arkhipov prevented a nuclear sub from firing its nukes just as the USA was about to invade Cuba. Um, a, year be- a year before this, he had prevented a meltdown on a sub mm. uh, itself, and he was kind of like sort of a hero. Um for, for doing that, but he was exposed to like him and his, his crew were exposed to some serious like they stopped the meltdown on an actual sub because something mm-hmm. elite. Um, but then in, in sixty two he prevented World War Three after his sub had lost contact with uh Russia. 
they presumed half of the crew presumed war was already happening because uh, uh, the last communications or something. They, 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 America was dropping those things when they can't figure out who was sub is. They they couldn't contact the sub. The sub had lost all contact with everyone. Yeah. So they dropped those depth charges that lift a sub up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't dam- I don't think it damages her. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but it lifts it up. They presumed half of the crew and half of the officers thought this is it. We're getting, getting attacks. Launch the nukes now. And mm. he said no. And he, he, they needed his final say yeah. to launch it. And he said no. Um, so he prevented that. Good man, Vasily. Um, do you know what was weird about Sweating. that? Though? That was that was considering the most dangerous moment in the Cold War, until <coughs> 1983. We'll get back into that. When and it's a bit back, of our fault as well because an Irishman invented the submarine. And not, yeah, but not only that's, that's true actually. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, he came back and he was thought of as a coward. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Why so you bullshit. not do it? Why yeah. you not do it? What you not do? It's like, hang on a second. It was the correct thing to do, even though yeah. it was the absolute correct thing to do. Um, just as the shit was about to hit the fan, uh, Khrushchev called Kennedy and said, "If you take your nukes out of Turkey, I'll take my nukes out of Cuba." Mm. So that was the that was the mid range ones. Mm. Sort of done. It was a little thing. In 1963, they set up the Washington Moscow hotline. That one just directly from his office, the Oval Office, presumably to uh, the Kremlin, um, and they signed the partial nuclear treaty test ban, which I think yeah. is my, the one before. The Kate Bush to kill Keats uh, thing. That know. <laughs> you know, there's one of those. Uh, there's one of those phones. Or sorry, two of those yeah. phones in uh, North and South Korea as well. I was watching this documentary. Right, yeah, uh, is, yeah. yeah. Porta cabins. They're like ten feet away from each other. That's right. Yeah. And they just have these two phones, and it was North Korea that donated the phones, and they they only donated the phones a couple of years ago, and you want to see them? They're fucking... It's gas. It's gas because the big like. South Korea, ignorant has, South Korea has Samsung, yeah. the creator of phones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> North Korea showed up. Phone. Yeah, these fucking like you're only, you're not sure to have them wind them up. <laughs> like they're full on, like they're, they're rotary phones, I think. And um, two, t- two tin cans with like a string yeah. on them. And yeah. that's and, and they had to wear. They weren't allowed over to install them or something like that. I think they had to. Um, they had to hand them over and with like an instruction that, book. That checkpoint is mad as well. That's another like, checkpoint. Checkpoint Charlie Bad as well. That's another checkpoint Charlie set up like sort of thing where um, I think every week or so South Korea has to go up with like a load of dead bodies and go. These yeah. came down the river. These yeah. belong to you and they're like. Yeah, we'll I think they always deny, don't they? They say they're not ours or something like they're that. They're not ours. They didn't yeah. try and escape. Yeah, no one wants to leave. You might go. They did try and escape. They did. They're dead now. So you, do you want them back to give to their families? No, nah, they're not ours. No. I think that, that part of that documentary I watched this cool thing where a lot of South Koreans go up to the border and they fly uh, drones over with USB sticks with like uh, friends and Seinfeld and stuff on USB mm. sticks and like bits of like news and because they obviously the, the, the internet is if it exists in our Korea, it's in shite. And you can only you can only, you can only get on to NorthKorea.com, you know. And, um, you should send over copies of Old Boy, the best thing that ever came out of Korea. Apart yeah. from Samsung phones, I suppose are fairly good. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, there was a what was the other thing? But the the city in North Korea, the first city that's over the border, is fake. Oh, amazing! Yeah, it's, it's like a propaganda fake city. Yeah, oh, it's made incredible. of wood. It's like some sort of Hollywood set. That's a, that's a huge thing in communist uh, regimes to show off that you're doing better than you're doing grand, yeah. when all the money isn't going to people it's going to just showbo yeah, so yeah. basically it's keeping up with the, a big international keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing and, and that, that's not uh, that's not saying that America and England didn't do it England did it as well yeah but they got America the money to back it, it up well. they could do both they did like, yeah, yeah. North Korea literally famines people dying and they're like yeah. saying everything. they're making movies and shit yeah. who was the guy was it North Korea Who's your, who's your man now that's dead? Kim Jong Un, yeah. Is that he they, dead? They, they think he's dead. There hasn't been a female. South, South Korea said he's not dead. 
Really? By the time, by the time this, you know, there's no point in talking about this, but the time yeah. this out, we'll know. We'll but know no. Who was his da? What was his name? Kim Jong Il. Il, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was, it, was it him? I think it was him that had like the world's largest collection of whiskeys. He yeah, he was a he was a Hennessy Hennessy man. He'd get it. He'd get it brought in and trained. Yeah, there was like a, a certain percent, like a like a large percentage of the world's Hennessy production goes straight yeah. to him every year. Yeah, but like I, I think, it, like I said, literally transform. He was yeah, absolutely. And I think it, yeah. that um, I think he he was obsessed with movies, and uh, he made his own cinema. Yeah, yeah, he made this monster movie called fucking. Gorkan or something like that. Oh yeah, and it was like it was a Godzilla, like a Godzilla type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and it's all right. I he, watched he, it. He he funded it. That was yeah. actually shown at a festival a few years ago. Was actually. it? I watched it. It was all right. It's just yeah. garbage, big monster movie. Like, but it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he apparently he was he was one of these guys. I like, guess that you know the world's greatest golfer and the world's greatest basketball player, the world's greatest director, the world's greatest writer. He was he was that level mm. fucking mad. Yeah, uh, the son is maybe only half that mad, but um. Yeah, the fact that he was making his own, like he traded his own fucking industry, his own Hollywood. You, you had, yeah, but yeah, like his dad was a nutter, but not as mad as Kim Jong Il was the, was the one, like the one that's just the, the out, outrageous. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Kim Jong Il. Yeah, I think it's yeah, Kim it Jong Il and Kim, yeah. Kim Jong Un or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't fucking know. Um, anyway, yeah, that's my fucking off off ramp about uh, yeah North Korean monster well, movies. Well, like I was said, like. I'm skipping sort of too much North Korea, although so much fun to talk about. Mm. Um, we don't know any of their music, but if 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 we did know it, they would be bigger than you two. Oh, yeah. loads of bands that are bigger than you two. Do you? Yeah, okay, fair enough. <coughs> uh, so we're gonna skip now because it's just too significant, too yeah. hard to get into. Yeah. But uh, it but it was kind of significant in the terms that it was uh, the start of the proxy wars, mm. where it was like stop hitting yourself, like holding someone else's hands or whatever like that. You know what I mean? Like that, this that's that's not what that is actually mm. at all. But uh, the proxy wars were. Where they were having a go at each other through other countries, funding right. other countries to fight other countries that mm. were influenced by Russia and stuff like that. It's a really quick way to fuck each other off. Yeah, that's where they got messy yeah. as well. Yeah, it got yeah, couldn't kind of, just that's where they didn't have to lose any of their own troops yeah. as well. Like, Jesus Christ. So fast forward to nineteen seventy two where it's then Nixon Nixon and Brezhnev in power respectively. They realized that neither of them could afford to showboat anymore. So they began signing treaties during a period called the Dente, I think it's called, yeah, Dente. So there was uh, SALT 1 and SALT 2 were the treaties that were signed to ease tensions. But then Russia invaded Afghanistan to protect mm. communism, and Reagan was was uh, signed into power, and he just absolutely was having none of these Russian lads. He was like, no, he proper thick-headed them, instantly was starting calling the USSR an evil empire, which just absolutely did not help. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people think Reagan was like, his politics were just dog shit. Mm. For this as well, like things were starting to look a little bit better, and he came in and was like, "No, no, no, absolutely no." He had a bean his bonnet, but he was like, all these presidents in America were so like <laughs> voted out because they weren't being tough enough, enough on, yeah. on communism. Yeah, despite the fact that like all these treaties were definitely the way to go. Mm. Um, so Brezhnev died, as did three of his successors, until Mikhail Gorbachev came into power, and he he that was when things that was the start of the sort of end for communists. Um, Russia, because he started bringing into power, um, or started making sort of changes in Russia, the movements called um, Glasnost and Perestroika, which mm. mean openness and political restructuring. Those are the two biggest things. Yeah, that was in an effort to revamp the economy because he figured that Russian people weren't happy doing the jobs they were doing. Yeah, he wanted to, if they if they had happiness and stuff like that. So um, 
just before I go into the next bit that Gorbachev did, we're going to stop there because in 1983, the thing I talked about earlier, Stanislav Petrov, or Stanislav Petrov was another absolute legend who stopped another nuclear war happening by guessing correctly that the Soviet missile detection system was actually malfunctioning and not the USA attacking, like it mm. said. He decided to go against what the what he what he should have done, which was to launch an, an, an immediate counterattack. Mm. Because he looked at it and said, "Hang on a second, there's only five missiles coming towards us. If mm. they were attacking us, there would be more than five, mm. more than five little missiles." So he was spot on and uh, prevented World War Three. So that's the second legend from Russia who stopped it. Um, Gorbachev let the Eastern Bloc, so Poland and Hungary and stuff like that have their own reforms and hold their own elections, mm. which led to East Germany rising up against Stalin. East Germany had a Stalinist kind of leader at the time like that in 1989, and they had no choice then but to lift the travel ban. And this was kind of huge because it was definitely the start of the, of the beginning of the end for the communists. So the day before that was supposed to be lifted, people just went, fuck this, and started walking across the checkpoint. Mm. And the soldiers were told that until... It's going through tomorrow. You have to shoot anyone crossing Ooh. there. They didn't shoot a single person. They just yeah. went, fuck this. Fuck it. Let them go. So families were reunited. Yeah. The wall fell thanks to David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff, yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, the Eastern voted out the Soviet, Soviet rule in, in the Eastern Bloc yeah. rule. And uh, Gorbachev even allowed Russia then to decide itself its own fate in 1989 elections. There was a bit of a complicated process then where... Uh, Gorbachev was kidnapped yeah. by, by uh, pro-communist people. Jeez. But at that stage, Yeltsin had already got in. And that was when, 1991, the USSR was dissolved. Yeah. Remember <sighs> Yeltsin? Pisshead Yeltsin. Just a pisshead. Unreal. Oh, love the gargle. Did you ever, uh, did you ever hear the myth of the number stations? No, what's the Tell me about the this? Number stations are very fucking interesting. So, uh, basically what it is, is that, Oh, fuck, how do we even explain this? So there's these weird, uh, long, I think, I think they're a long way of radio stations. And there's a bunch of them. There's websites that keep tracking them. And basically what it is, is that it's this kind of automated radio station. And you can only pick it up with like real good equipment, um, unless you're close to where it's broadcasting from. But it's really hard to find where it's broadcasting from. And basically what it is, is just these kind of repetitive loops of numbers and people talking in weird languages. So right. all these rumors started like, you know, it's just for like spies to communicate with each other and stuff like there's recordings of you can go to YouTube, type in number stations, you'll find, uh, you'll find like a, a tape of, of people have found number stations and recorded them and they're, they're hidden kind of, they're, they're all over the world and they broadcast at the exact same time every right. single day, you know, multiple times a day and um, at the exact same strength, exact same wavelength, all this kind of shit. But the messages change. Every okay. government, every government on earth has denied that they exist every single one of them. So the general consensus, the general idea is they think that they might be uh, uh, like trigger switches. If one of these, say the U, say Russia has a bunch mm. of number stations broadcasting on long wave radio across the world, they're being received somewhere as well. And if they stop broadcasting because they got hit with a bomb, this triggers an automatic response nuke the fly. Oh shit. Yeah. Like a, like a, what do you call it? A dead man's switch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's they reckon that's what they are. That like fucking any kind of nuclear armed country in the world have these number stations that just broadcast to like receptors 
elsewhere. Wouldn't it be so? Wouldn't it be so easy to hack into that? Let them fire. Well, hopefully not a nuke, but something to go. Look, they started this. We didn't I don't know. know. I think I might have to. There has to be like they couldn't do it with one number station going down. There have to be all of them or something. Right, you know, right. so, something to that degree. You'd have to get into all of them, shut them all down, and see if you can see a big fucking nuclear rocket shooting over the Atlantic. Mad. Yeah, That's but mad. look, go on to um, people listening at home. Uh, go on to YouTube and just type in number stations. It's very, very interesting. It's real creepy as well because it's mm. sometimes in different languages and it's like bits of movies that are being chopped up and bits of plays and people reading from books. Yeah. And that's fucking mad. It's real cool though. Real cool. Well, that was uh, that was the sort of end of the history lesson. Like a yeah. lot of that, I did like have to just really, really check back up on, and it does sound like I'm reading it off because it is. There's no way I can just spiel off. Like, yeah, yeah. So much that I thought me had because I knew a good bit about it, but I really needed to really kind of brush up. But the one thing I do want to say about it is the idea of like communism is great now, but like, but the, but it ends up with communist dictatorships that seem to always have at least one famine, yeah, uh, secret murders, and they ultimately get voted out by people when they're asked what do you want. But at the same time, I have to say this: America was always freaking out about people stockpiling nuclear weapons, yeah, and the only country in the world that's ever fired one at another country, exactly. So you have to worry even when people are stockpiling nuclear weapons against a country <laughs> that has shot one at another country. Yeah, it's that was, mad. It's the, mad. The, the, the footage of like uh, it was a big uh, bikini at all where they, they were doing the original tests and all. It's just nothing, nothing as powerful as yeah. as watching those original fucking uh, tapes of those bombs going off. Like it's like they're class looking, but they're also horrible. Like it's holy like, it's like, shit. It's like those videos when you see a ship that can't slow down coming into port. And you're like, yes. I shouldn't watch this. Yeah. But, yeah. Like our tidal wave, it's tsunami. Exactly. Like run, you sandal-wearing fucks, run. Yeah. yeah. It's like, fucking hell. But even, the, like, they were doing it in their own country. They're testing them in Nevada, yeah. dropping them in fucking Nevada and everything. You know? Like, dropping hydrogen bombs and A-bombs know, and all sorts yeah. of shit. That shit goes into the air. I don't get it. Of course, that, it goes into the ground, it goes into the air. Like, well, I don't fucking understand. The waste. <laughs> Fucking hell. So um my so fourth one my yeah. fourth one was um one that is directly about the Cold War. Right. It's uh, Sting Russians eighty five from his debut solo album that I will never listen to because I'm not a big Sting fan. Do no. you like Sting? I don't mind a load of the police songs, but Sting himself I don't really like, like Sting. I like them in Sting, I like them in Dune. Oh yeah, <laughs> to her. he was in a what's that mod film? That uh, Tommy Boy. Oh, Tommy Quadrifini. Boy. Quadrifini. Tommy. Um, is the yeah. The, what the fuck am I saying? Yeah, Quadrifini. Tommy Boy. That's Chris Farley. <laughs> Tommy is I the fucking Hills album. Yeah, Quadrifini. Yeah. Um, I'm not a mad Sting fan because he's like very white reggae and he's very good at an album but I don't like it that's stupid that fucking listen that album with Shaggy like oh my god he has an album with Shaggy yeah it came out last year I listened to that choice I fuck it it was literally it was like so you know them religious people that hate each other with whips that self-flagellation that's what it was so I gotta make myself listen The Sting and Shaggy it was a fucking bin fire is what it was it was <laughs> it was fucking disgraceful oh, there was Steve, nothing man. I could say about Jesus. it it was as bad if not worse than that Danzig Sings Elvis album oh my god that, which is what the is worst he sound like he recorded it on his phone uh, 
Oh, did you see that video? I posted a video up. I, I'm going to put it on the Last Art uh, Facebook page. No, because it's, it's your man, the needle drop. What's his name? I don't know. Anthony Boitano. F- I can't watch that, lad. The first block. I've never seen a video from him before. So oh, grand. Well, then no, it's all right. Know. But if you watch a few of them, he's like Penfold from Batfink. And I can't Is he? watch his fucking <laughs> stupid little face. He annoys the shit out of me. Like, like, I can understand like, that. The, the, inter- the, the internet's busiest music nerd. But oh, yeah. him, I do agree with a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he just, what's mad is he doesn't get into too many details. Like he, When I was watching that video about Danzig, he's talking about Danzig and uh, talking about this album. And he's saying, you know, oh, the guitars are mixed so bad and the drums are so bad and they're so low. And, you know, it sounds like the piano was fucking, you know, like six rooms away before it was recorded. Yeah. And it was, uh, even I, when I was watching it, as much as I enjoyed it, when I was watching it, I was like, you know, at the, the intro to your video you said like the world's best fucking internet music nerd it was like we haven't you found out who played the guitar and who played the piano yeah. and give us you know find out where it was recorded and give us honestly, those details honestly think that lad does less research than we do probably well <laughs> nothing beats the research on this fucking podcast no, this, this is, is shocking the, oh I thought Lost Songs was the bad one this was the yeah this is serious I, I have yeah. sheets you're the, like I have sheets on the history stuff here as well and like yeah. you're doing there's no point in me talking about it you're doing great so well, I bored myself halfway through the end of that, but I got through it and it's done anyway. Um, so, but yeah, but just back to this song. This is the one that directly talks about it. And it's one of the more sympathetic songs to the Russian people. And the reason that it is like that is because uh, Sting had a friend who was in college in America and he used to be able to hack into, basically reach the Russian TV stations, mm. wa- the waves, and watch Russian TV. So in New York and stuff like that. Like Videodrome with James Woods. <laughs> they they used to drink beer and just like in New York at night and watch Russian cartoons and he found them to be like extremely really heartfelt and beautiful and he was like Jesus man the Russians love their children too which is the main theme of the song yeah and it is um Russian babies yeah the top the Russians love their children too hanging out with mommy. <laughs> yeah man can't do his why does he do the reggae voice when he's just singing? a Russian baby. Washed up on the beach, Joe. <laughs> Stop it. I have to get sure this is very important. Bushka in a <laughs> bottle. Yeah. Dum, 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 As we dum. walk in fields of babushkas. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to record this song with the Leningrad State Orchestra because it does oh, contain yeah. an actual hook, a piece from Russian composer Sergei Popovkiev. Prokofiev, I can't, I can't do it. Um, but it wasn't allowed by Russian authorities, and Sting was like, "Oh, it's a shame." They would have loved it. But a funny thing was, the police drummer Stuart Copeland, who doesn't really like Sting, as far as I know, is that right? Did they knock it on? I don't think they got on. I don't. He hates, yeah, I believe he hated it. the song and told him not to not to do it because Stuart Copeland's dad was a proper CIA agent. Like, oh, for real? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Like he was a proper real deal. See, like higher proper CIA. spook, like. Yeah, proper CIA agent who was so anti-communist. I was reading some of it. I think his name is Miles Copeland. I think it is. Um, but some of the stuff that Stuart Copeland said, the way he said it, he goes, "I tried to talk Sting out of it, but you know, Sting, he puts he Asha, puts his point, he put he puts a po- his points ahead so so carefully, and he's such a poet with lyrics like, do the Russians love their children too? Definitely having a pop up there again. Yeah, but yeah, look, that's um, that's Sting with Russians from 1985. Otherwise known as Stang. I had to take some bangers out to put. I don't really like that song. Well, I had to take some bangers out to put it in because I'm sorry, but the story of that is more important. Oh, yeah. Well, look, when you're Two fucking fella in the band, Dad is a CIA agent. Like, yeah. And, um, it's kind of an important thing. 
going to that Stuart Copeland thing way more. They didn't hate, and yeah, his dad was like a proper. I don't know about spy, but he was really, really high up in this. He was something. Any, yeah. Uh, anyway, who is he's also Stuart Copeland's unreal drummer. Even though I don't like the police. Yeah. Uh, who is your next one? Uh, my next one's probably this is the song I kind of pulled out my whole thinking. Oh, that's how to fit into this playlist. And then I actually went reading. And I was like, this is exactly what I was th- what this podcast is about. And it's Nina <laughs> with ninety nine Luft Ballons, ninety nine Red Balloons. Ballons. Yeah. Ninety nine Luft Ballons. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so Nina. Uh, it's not really a band. It kind of is. It's horror, but it's also it's a horror, band. But it's, it's also really a band. Confusing, yeah. yeah. So she, her name is uh, Gabrielle Suzanne uh, Kerner. And she was found by like a record producer guy or a band dude dancing in a fucking disco. In a dance in the disco in uh, West Berlin. And West Berlin, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, would you like to be in my band? We have great songs. And she's like, I'll be in your band. And off they go. They start their band. Nice. Um, the guys in the band had another band called like the Sparklers or something. I can't remember. I should have written yeah. it down. He were kind of, kind of big in the German scene. But uh, fucking hell. Uh, Nina is apparently... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nina is a Catalan for little girl because she spent a lot of time um, in, in was it Catalonia. Is it? In Catalonia. Yeah. In Spain. Spain. Yeah. No, it's a fuck. There's some weird Bar- facts Bartalona here. Barcelona is the yeah, Catalan. <laughs> there's, there's some weird, some weird shit I found out about this song that I don't. It doesn't make any sense, right? The the German yeah, version, the German version went and went to uh, number two in the USA. It should have been number one, except Van Halen Jump got in there first, right? Oof. So there's a kick in the bollocks. So Van Halen hadn't released Jump like the same week or whatever. It would have been number one. The German version of it. Not yeah. 99 Red Balloons. Fucking 99 Luftballons. Right? Luftballons. Yeah. Was, was number fucking uh, number, number two in the States. It was number one in... Fuck, where else? In England, the, Germany, the German version of it. Um, the English version of it done really well in Ireland for some reason it was number one in Ireland we weren't having any, this any of the song. German this is a banger oh, it's outrageous it's a grade A banger it's outrageous um, they never really had a follow up hit after it um, after 99 Red Balloons well, uh, not internationally but I know actually oh, yeah. Nina's, I, have, I have a few Nina songs on a playlist yeah she's she really done real good. well done real yeah. well in Germany and she kind of went solo after a while but this is real weird you know why they never kind of took off like they should have been huge because they they only had ninety nine loft balance. No, right? I don't know. Tell me. Tell because me. <laughs> she had hairy armpits. What? Yep. Was that not a thing in Germany at the time? This was the thing in Europe as a rule. In Europe as a rule, actually. Yeah, yeah Italy, right? Spain. Yeah. Yeah. It's just women didn't shave their armpits back then, and when she appeared on like US television and the video came out and all, and she's like dancing around having like fucking grand old time, every everyone. <laughs> Everyone in like the States and England and fucking Ireland was like, what? What? Ew. Yeah. So that literally, that literally caused the destruction of that band. Jesus. And she went off and she shaved her armpits and came back and they were like, nah, man, that, that no. video is still doing the rounds. I can't unsee. Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah, but that, that, that was that not punk as well? Well, they didn't really like. No, punk they weren't punk. They were it's just a pop band. Just, no, but I'm saying it was kind of punk thing to be done as well to not shave your armpits and yeah, feminists as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, been it just for didn't. Well. It didn't take off with the, the regular Joe on the street who loved the song, but when he saw Nina with her big bushy armpits, it was like absolute no, no, I'm not having it, and that that caused literally. Mad issues in the band. Ninety-nine armpit hairs. Yeah. It's okay. I'll shave them off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's too late. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, in two thousand and seven, she released a covers album that has the maddest lineup. I bet like, you it's still better than Danzig's. I guarantee it is. So, <laughs> she, it's a two-disc well, covers you mean album of, of songs or people songs. Right, go on. Tell me. So I have to read me on writing here. It's fucking tiny. Um, it's a two disc. The first disc is old, uh, is German popular songs, and the second disc is like kind of American and English and right. kind of pop songs that we know. So she covered Ramstein, she no covered way. David Bowie, she yeah. covered the Rolling Stones, she covered yeah. David, uh, sorry, Bob Dylan, The Cure, she covered Moby, she Moby. covered T Rex, Air, Pink Floyd, Peter Gabriel, the big massive list of songs covered. That's now, gross. here's where we get into uh, where what the song is about. Now, they were kind of forced to make the English version of it, and they hated the English version of it because it didn't translate it's well. Good. It's not as good. Like they don't, she doesn't sing it as well. Yeah, you can, tell, now, you can hear. It. You can hear. Yeah, she's no gusto in it. But apparently, the English version is not a direct translation. There's loads of stuff well, changed. It's, in it. it's a it's a hard language to directly translate. Yeah. Is German, so yeah. It's they hate doing it. In the entire time that she's been performing as a solo act and with the band, Nina, she's never once played the English version of it. Never once sang it. That's very interesting. Even when she yeah. plays over in... in anyway. Never. Yeah. Always the German version. Because the German version of it was more popular in the States, more popular in England, more popular in Europe. It was pretty much only here in one or two other countries that the English version kind of took off. Yeah, yeah. But people wanted the German version of it. And she's never done it. Now... What the song is about. Properly. It's fucking mad as hell. It's mad. So yeah. the song is about, um, the song was written while the band went to see the Rolling Stones playing in uh, uh, in, in, in Berlin, West Berlin. Berlin, baby. We've got to play West Berlin, Yeah, baby. exactly. And apparently during the show, as part of the stage show, they released a shit ton of red balloons into the air while they were playing. Mm-hmm. So the guitarist, who was the songwriter and lyric writer and everything, he seen this, and he was looking at the balloons floating up into the sky, and he thought, Jesus, like, what are the fucking, what are them, them, them across the wall going to think about this? What the fuck are they going to think about all these mad balloons? They're going to think there's something weird yeah. going on. So he went home and he wrote this song, and he wrote the song about the the balloons floating over the Berlin Wall, and the authorities there seeing these things in the skies. And thinking maybe there were UFOs or bombs and being invaded. So they scrambled their fighter jets and the fighter jets got up there and see the balloons, but don't want to be made to look like fucking little dopes. So they start like shooting at the balloons, but they miss and they start uh, World War Three. And that's what the fucking song is about. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. In German, that's what the song is about. It's about fucking East Berlin starting World War Three by shooting down red balloons after a Rolling Stone gig. Could happen. That's fucking mad. That's fucking mad what that song is That's about. Deadly. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, uh, that was that thing. Like I said, she's she's released fucking bajillion albums. A fucking oh, bajillion she's, albums. She's sorted in Germany. Ah, yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely love her there. She's the Madonna there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I do, I do absolutely love that song. That is a mad story. I thought for a minute there, I thought like you were talking about still talking about the Rolling Stones gig and they did open for her and people were like, what? Where yeah, you know, a man's mind just fucking drifted off into, yeah. what if they go over the fucking, uh, go over the wall there and the boys imagine, don't, don't know imagine, what to do like, with it. Imagine being like, like on the other side of the wall in the East and you heard that gig and you're like, oh, that's a banger. Like, <laughs> no, no, you're missing it. So, that I'm going to defect. <laughs> and like, you're, you're going to work the next day for like, communist wage and you're just humming they're like yeah what are you defecting just so you can hear brown sugar and stamp you up that's all but yeah that was Nina with 99 red balloons one of the best or 99 luft balloons who is your next one my next one is Billy Joel we didn't start the fire from 1989 Packy Bonner in the box. You know what's funny about this? I'd be singing along this. And whenever I forget a lyric, I just sing David Bowie LPs. Yeah, 100%. From, from, I, uh, I love this song. Fucking, from what is it? From, uh, Only Fields and Horses. No, I just sing that bit from, like, you know, it's like, I got some half price TV. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, okay, you're doing the. Yeah. I honestly do that, like, without thinking. So it's like, Belgians in the Congo, David Bowie LPs. Oh, <laughs> I do. I 100% do the Italian 90 version. It is Italian 90, isn't it? What's the Italian, um, what's the Italian 90 version again? Remind me. It's the fucking Packy Bonner. Packy Bonner. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, 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 there's even a load of fucking, there's madly IRA shit in that song. And all. I listen to that song on YouTube every couple of weeks. It's all like, fuck, we have to stop the English win and we're going to start the fire. <laughs> You're going to start the fire in England. We were always bombing, they were always running. It's mad ropey, that song. It's about football. And it's literally about fucking, like, that going out of their way. They're like, oh, anybody else can be, except for England. Fire. Yeah, that literally, anybody else can be, as it's Grant, except England. That's what that song is about. Yeah. That's literally what that song is about. That, not this I'm one, into, not Billy Joel's I'm into it. <laughs> Billy, I, This Billy Joel song, I have to say, is one of my favourite Billy Joel songs. I fucking love yeah, it. Yeah, like, I and don't really like Billy Joel, but this is a great song. It's just fucking, it's, it's, this sounds like a Peter Gabriel song to me. It has that kind of yeah. weird, kind of pre-industrial kind of shit to it. It doesn't even sound Actually, like. I never music mentioned earlier. I never mentioned earlier that uh, that Genesis Land of Confusion thing was about to win across the board on all videos, but Sledgehammer took them all. Oh, <laughs> and that video cost a fucking fortune. Those puppets were uh, ten grand each. But anyway. We're going to go back to this Billy Joel song because, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not singing about the rat, I don't think, in this song. No. Um, this definitely involves a lot of Cold War kind of commentary. Up until the fucking rat. Up <laughs> In the middle of the rat. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, no, that's terrible. See, you're making me cough now. I had a cough. Everyone, 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 Oh, that's terrible. Um, I feel, no, until, sorry, people from my mom. So that's not funny. Until the final part of the song, every two lines represents a year. Oh, from okay. The to- from the time that Billy Joel was born. Okay. Until the very end of it. Uh, here's the thing. A very similar song was written in 1987 by R.E.M., which has the same sort of fast rap style lyrics. And that song is called End of the World, Ooh. which, could, oh, which yeah. could also touch on the Cold War because yeah. it does name check Leonard Brezhnev and also 
is a song about the end of the world from the eighties. Um, and I also another, initially another banger as well. It's an absolute banger, and it was initially apparently, according to uh, the band, initially a song about Reagan's politics. So ah. I think I think this I think that song influenced We Didn't Start the Fire massively. Yeah. Um, Sounds Joel, like it. Uh, Billy Joel actually played uh, in Moscow to twenty thousand people in nineteen eighty seven, just two years before this hmm. this came out. He was the, one of the only musicians to accept the invitation from the communist party really um gorbachev at the time i think uh the western media was absolutely dead against uh like a, a western act going over there mm. and other people just said yes yeah, send someone just fucking not billy joel yeah because he's shy and that was kind of harsh but uh he went anyway the problem with the gig itself was the, he did a few gigs i think as well but the, the problem like this was at the, at the very end of the tour as well so apparently this lad was born to like yeah, billy yeah. joel was wrecked that's why there's a that's why this next thing happens. Um, the front row was filled with kind of stoic kind of party people from the Communist Party who are not getting into it at all. Mm. Absolutely going like this. For whatever reason, we have to sit here and listen to this imperialistic capitalist bullshit. Mm, mm. And uh, he was, Billy Joe was like, this is kind of fucked. So they all left. And then actual music fans came forward to the front of the stage. And that's, that's when he went fuck deadly and got mm. mad into it. What problem happened then when the stage crew put the lights on them uh, and they all stopped dead still because they were really? being filmed. Were oh, being they were filmed. terrified. Terrified. And uh, that's when Billy Joel, it's, it's, you check it out on YouTube, it's brilliant. He loses the plot. He goes, get the lights off them while he's in the middle of singing like a happy song. Really? Get those fucking lights off them. He Stop ratting them out. Stop ratting yeah, on them. Yeah, absolutely lost the plot. So um, went, smashed his Yamaha keyboard uh, like and started booting it and all like that. And, and Russia fans just thought, this is an American rock show. Yeah, this is great. It's, all, it's all part of the act. No, he was absolutely losing the plot. Really? Um, but thankfully, halfway through the gig, they took the lights off and people really, really started getting into it. Mm. Joel goes out into the crowd. There's a crowd sort of draped in the yeah. USA flag with Fuck the Soviet flag. Hang on, no, with the Soviet flag as well. Okay. Two of them together. Yeah. But Jesus, if you did it, it yeah. Be a rookie mistake um, there. <laughs> Rus- rookie mistake. Yeah. He, he went down then to write a song uh, about Russia called Leningrad because he was absolutely besotted with Russia and they loved him as well. Really? Um, here's the thing about this. After that, after he did that, like took the fucking basically the, the bullet for that and did like came out and started fucking shouting. He was shouting at the crowd and all. Yeah. Get into it. Oh, my hair for a reason. Fuck yeah. off. Home Kill yourselves. Let's do it. <laughs> Open up the mosh pit. Yeah. Set the nukes to USA <laughs> while I'm not there. Fuck it. <laughs> M- mosh Factor yeah. 7. Engage. Mosh Factor 7. <laughs> Um, a lot of people followed suit, and there was a monster of rock festival in 1991 that Metallica, ACDC, Pantera. Oh, I was going to, I was about to say that. I yeah, remember 1.6 million yeah. people, and there were there was I people getting at that. Like I the, remember the, watching the, the, the soldiers were yeah. hockeying people over yeah. at that. I remember watching the footage. Uh, ACDC was whatever, but the Metallica. But I remember oh, the Metallica great. one. Jesus Christ, I'm Think about this. Think about this, man. Right? How exciting would it be to play to a crowd that not only had not seen your band before, but had listened to them like all their life through bootleg yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because just it must have been so incredible. Yeah, big to, like, time. And they didn't take music for granted, and they were like, you know, this might not happen again. It hasn't happened to us before. They went absolutely. It's mad. like, uh, it's, it's, it's like when, <laughs> like when the Pope came to Crow Park, like, and the fucking million and a half people Ooh. banged into fucking oh, into, God, in, yeah. into Crow Park just it's to exact, see. It's exactly the same as that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like the guy's thing is right. People thought like, oh, this wasn't the first time these were here in Metallica. And yeah. They weren't supposed to have it, but what Russians used to do was. They used to steal x-rays from 
bins in in uh, hospitals, mm. and they could burn vinyl onto yeah. them. Used yep. them as records, so they had this music already. Yeah, but um, that was 1.6 million people sounds like a lot, but it's not the biggest gig that ever happened in the world. The Why biggest it? gig that ever happened in the world was also in Moscow. Ooh. It was when Jean Michel Jarre played in 1997 to 3.5 million people. Fuck. Linked to the Mir space station, you know. Fucking hell. Second to that, six, three point, I think it's 3.4, 3.5, uh, Rod Stewart did in Brazil. But that's not making it onto this podcast. Who's your next one? <laughs> My last one. My last My one's last. kind of a quick one. And it's uh, kind of obvious. It's uh, The Smiths with Panic. Right. From is that, ni- 1986. Is that a bit, I thought that was a good album. Yeah, it kind of is. It's right. kind of about... I, I was reading into it. It's very interesting. Apparently, when they were uh, writing the song, uh, Morrissey was watching something on TV about Chernobyl. Uh, watching the television. Yeah, so he was watching something about Chernobyl and he generally just got into this kind of mode about... Uh, the song itself is more about uh, youth culture being mm. contrary to government stances yeah. more than anything else. And uh, th- that's kind of where I'm tying it in more so than anything else. So he started off on the kind of Chernobyl trip where he's talking about fucking, uh, he's talking about like fucking what's next for the youth and what, what are you being spoon fed? The, the, yeah. the big thing for, for, for the band was like, how the fuck are we supposed to get up on stage here and like play our little jingle jangle of pop songs it, yeah. Yeah. when like shit think, like this is happening in the world? I, I think that's right. Cause I think when he was watching that, I think some DJs came on afterwards and just started playing music and he was like, yeah, how the fuck does that? Yeah. Like, it looks, yeah, you're, you're like, yeah, and he was like thinking, fuck, well, this is going on, like, we're, are we not doing the same? Yeah, yeah. he could, he kind of thought that, like, what was happening in the world at this time um, was more important than music, and uh, this is where, this would have been one of the first big kind of 80s pop political stances that would have went worldwide. I mean, you had, obviously, Killing yeah. Joke, but still, Killing Joke more subversive of them. Like, they were also, big, nowhere, but they weren't that Nowhere near as big as... Uh, Smith. Smith, it's just they were just a fucking yeah. phenomenon worldwide. Like, um, Morrissey has that gift also of being able to, like we talked about earlier, that he can take something and make it kind of ambiguous enough, ambiguous enough that it's not. Yeah, it's not really about something. You think it's about one thing, and it's going to be about forty other things. Um, obviously no, the hand is DJ. It's not about that at all. It's yeah. about something else that happened to me when I was seven in school. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's more about the way the youth are reacting to kind of news, um, and the way the youth are reacting to what they're being told by the government is happening. Like his thing was like, no, why does nobody give a shit about like Chernobyl and fucking bombs and you know arms races and why is nobody talking about this? Why, why is this not a thing? Why is this DJ just want us to fucking you know come in and introduce our new single instead of asking us what the fuck you know we think about what's going on in the world? You know, yeah. uh, that, that, that's where I got panic from. I fucking isn't not, it? Isn't it? Isn't it fantastic now that people hopefully. Don't ask Morrissey what he thinks about what's yeah. going on in the world now. Yeah, ask anyone else. Like, ask, so ask anyone else. Yeah, ask, ask anybody some, else. Focus on fellow who lives under a bridge. But don't Please ask Morrissey. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real, don't ask Mar- Don't ask Morrissey anything. You know, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, fucking, this is the first Morrissey album I haven't bought in years. Um, oh, that, I'm not a dog on a chain because I heard the first single and went, 
sounds a bit Cassio keyboard, you know. Is that, this isn't the covers thing, no? No, no, the cover thing was a blast. New album album came out like last week. No one gives a fuck. Oh, I didn't know that. I have to give it a blast anyway. Surely he's one good song. Nothing nothing to me, um, but it it could be one of those kind of deep cut albums. That is a very classic Morrissey cover of the Freddie album. Very, it's very, I, I don't particularly like it. Um, no, it's, it looks, it looks, it doesn't look like it shouldn't look that bad. No, it looks um, grainy or something. Just I, got a, it. I got a few really good songs off Low and High School uh, from three Super. years ago. Yeah, three years ago. It's a great but, uh, fucking album. I, I have to give that a bang tomorrow to see if there's a. It's not on Spotify. It is. I'm looking at it now. Really? I am not a dog on a chain. Is Low and High School on there? Oh, sorry, World Peace and None of Your Business is not No, that's not, that's not. Yeah, there's murder yeah. over that fucking album. That's the best album in years. Years, mm-hmm. that album. It's, every song in it is a fucking banger. It's also yeah. pretty full of bad shit, Mad Morrissey. There's probably a lot of Smith songs that are political, possibly, mm-hmm. maybe, subversively, but this is this was one where, yeah. It did, it this was him taking fucking three steps forward and one step fucking sideways. You know what I mean? Uh, just the way he tended to approach an awful lot of things back then, uh, where it could have been taken in any number of ways. But yeah, yeah I, I think this song, well, the most people sort of like Chernobyl, and you have to link everything together. Like Ch- Chernobyl were hiding, uh, the, the, Russia were hiding all the fucking problems with the, the Chernobyl meltdown from the rest of the world because they didn't want to look bad in front of the Americans. Yeah. And like it's all tied in. The entire yeah. thing is fucking tied in, like, you know. Um, but that yeah. was my last one. That was the Smiths uh, with Panic. Yeah. Who have you got? Oh, some people are going to be annoyed that I did this. Mm-hmm. Put this song in instead of, like, this. I'm going to list songs I could have put in instead of this song before I tell you what it is. I could have put in Crazy, Crazy Train by Ozzy, which is mm-hmm. about the Cold War. People don't know that, but it is about the Cold War. <coughs> There's lyrics in it. Alphaville, Forever Young. Are mm-hmm. you going to drop the bomb or not? Forever. Banger. Absolute banger. I wanted the song go down on me by Nick Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Another Cold War banger. Uh, Games of Their Frontier. It's kind of an overall war song, but definitely involved because uh, it's from 1980. I think it's definitely about the Cold War. Two minutes to midnight involves two uh, minutes. Yeah, involves stuff about um, the Doomsday Clock, Doomsday which, clock is, yeah. which is uh, you know the whole another term for Defcon, really. Isn't it? What I went was with was Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out mm-hmm. from 1985, Rocky Four. Oh, is that a some might say some might say the best Rocky. It is what some might say. It's the best Rocky. I don't Rocky know. The first one. Now, the first one's obviously the best It's Rocky. a different animal as well. But the different well, I was only saying this today. Like, Rambo 1 and Rambo 3 are very different films. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Better fucking believe it. One, one is, Rambo was shite. Uh, it's not good, yeah. It's not it's good. It's a shame because the one before it was good. Rambo yeah, it was fucking was, super. That Rambo last Rambo, that, what did they call it? But What was it called? John Rambo, wasn't it? Uh, side blood part B okay, something know. like that he does this thing where he just gives him that full name Rocky Balboa that's, that's oh, a yeah. film now um, John Rambo John Rambo John? I think so that's, that's how you know it's the last last blood except, it's called Rambo last blood last blood makes sense last yeah, blood yeah. first blood was the yeah, For, yeah exactly that, that film is the equivalent of Danzig's Elvis Cora like, it is and it's a shame because it's it, it, I made on a farm he literally is like listen how much the rent your fucking farm in the desert here yeah, for three geez, weeks it's not good, like it's I'm just so, bits. I'm so disappointed because I thought because right, the last Rocky was good, mm. the one where he's like fucking comes back just to last around the guy. Then the two Apollos were or Creeds were brilliant. Yeah, great Apollo. The two Creeds were brilliant. Yeah. So I thought 
he's not going to fail. But I have to say, just yeah. apart, from, apart from about 10 minutes in the last Rambo, which there's is, a few scenes where he's like cutting people out, and but they do that shit fake blood, which is nonsense, and it looks the gag. fake blood. But you know what? It doesn't land on it. That's you know yeah. it's fake. It looks yeah. like superimposed green yeah. screen and bullshit. I, no, I can't. Do you know? What, you know what I said when I watched it? It looks like a fanfic, like a YouTube fan film. Like even at that, it wouldn't be very good. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even. You wouldn't even give it a pass because no. I don't know. Look, he's as well as that. Like he's he's in his full muttering a couple of words thing and that's kind of cool but only if the film is cool and his face is in shite yeah, like he in that like he's, he's, seven, he's old seven, as dirt but like they, they, they like used zero camera trickery there to make him look <laughs> alright like, he he's clearly just made this like you said on a shoestring shoe because the, I, the worst thing yeah. is it's not even inventive the movie it's just it's lather rinse repeat man it's the shampoo of fucking films like it's just and i didn't feel anything for anybody that happened no. in the film that were supposed to kick off some sort of emotional uh the little girl or the little catalyst. girl teenager in, yeah. in the fucking it, it showing people the tunnels get the fuck out of here it wasn't like introduced well enough anyway look i'm not gonna do shit rambo watership down <laughs> the song was the song was um supposed to be specifically written for the film he was supposed to like robert tepper was supposed to write a thing for the film when sylvester sloan heard no easy way out. he's like mm. he, he went straight to the record label and goes well, what what kind of stuff have you guys got from him he goes, well check out this robert tepper guy um he heard no easy way it was like fuck that's an absolute stone cold banger but can you do something like that but with the lyrics about the cold war and the fitness of that and Robert Tepper was like, yeah, what, what does it need to be done? Sloan was like, today? Was like, no, I can't then. No, I can't. So they mm. used this anyway. Mm. Um, it's the ultimate montage song, obviously. Yeah. And I think it's the ultimate. It's not the ultimate Cold War song, but it's <laughs> definitely the ultimate Cold War movie. Even yeah. though it's not the ultimate Cold no. War movie. It's just fucking it's so deadly. good. It's so good. <laughs> the end of that fucking film, Jesus Christ. Just, I, saw, I saw the funniest <laughs> comment online was, I was researching this. There's not a lot. There's nothing. This this song is not about the Cold War. No, but I had to pick it because it's in Rocky Four. This the movie that introduced me to Cold War. Apart from the film Ruskies, which I think was after this, um, I think War Games maybe was my first. Oh, possibly, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, I saw a comment from a Russian guy on a, really? on a, a comment section that was about this. <laughs> he said, "If you think Rocky won the fight at the end of Rocky Four, watch Rocky Five. <laughs> 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 he, goes, he goes for the first few seconds of him talking you tell me who won that fight <laughs> he actually wrote under it he actually wrote under it he turned his head to pierogi <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah rock five is five is uh, the, the Tommy Gunn one yeah yeah it's that's fucking torch it's not so even it's boxing really, in it so that is a kind of like not a, it's not a good Rocky film but thankfully <laughs> the ones after that the yeah. Rocky 6 Rocky yeah. Balboa yeah the, that's good Balboa's good Creed's are great creeds. yeah the first Creed the second Creed I'm not mad on the first the one's second, great yeah you're right, you're right actually second Creed is possible but the first yeah. Creed is so super yeah super film, yeah. super fucking film they pushed, yeah. he might have pushed it a little bit further but I, I did like the fact that however that second Creed movie has a tie into Rocky Four. Exactly, I was about to say that. Yeah, it's, mm. it's got it's got Drago and his son, yeah. sort of the fallout. From Who's his son? Which actor is he? Is he a real fighter or a boxer? I think, I think he so. is. I think he's I a real know. boxer. He's a fucking horse of a man. The the baddie in fucking the second Creed. He's a fucking beast. Wherever he is, an absolute beast. Drago I'm son. Almost I, positive he's an actual. Like Horsky, he's, he's got to be a real boxer. They use real boxers all the time. All right? the time, yeah. He has to be a real boxer. He's a fucking beast of a fella. He's a big lump. 
he's a big lump of a fella. So he is doing well in the community. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I can't find his fucking name anywhere, but I know that. Ah, like, there somewhere. I thought I thought Lundgren was fantastic. In he's film. great, yeah. He does. He, listen, yeah. he's he knows himself. He's not a good actor. He's never done it. Like, he's fucking... He's just he's just he's, Lundgren. He's not a great actor, but he was one of my favourites in the Oh, yeah. Fucking he, uh, he man. He was he man, like... Yeah, he's a super, super intelligent guy, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's a uh, professor or something. Like yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I think he's a professor or something. Uh, what was the other fucking movie he was in? Uh, uh, Universal Soldier. The Punisher. The Punisher, yeah. Universal Josh- Soldier. Joshua Tree as well, That's which right. is not a movie about you two. It's about uh, Dolph Lundgren killing people and having sex with a woman. Oh, I remember that film, Joshua Tree. Full, full sex with a real woman. Did he have yeah. real full sex? He did, Joshua On the film? I actually liked Joshua Tree. But, well, that see, rings a bell. When I was a kid, I liked everything with guns in it. Yeah, <laughs> very. For, in particular, Uzis with silencers. Oh, the Uzi ultimate. Yeah, yeah, the ultimate eighties gun. The Uzi with a silencer on it. But it wasn't good unless you were shooting it badly with a mullet. Yeah, yeah. Or snake oils. The GI Joe had it. Like that. That was my introduction Indeed, yeah. to the to the Uzi with a silencer. Oh, snake oils. Yeah. Was awesome. Yeah, and a normal Uzi is whatever. So, you know, it's grand machine going dugga, 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 with a fucking silencer on it, and like the uh, the the stock. That's a fucking savage looking gun. It's it to is. this day savage looking. And the best thing about Uzis is when you're playing a video game, they let you use that as a sidearm. Yes, yes. Even though they're dog shit, they like the aim on them. Absolutely, absolutely oh, real. She's just fucking sawing lumps out of the ceiling. What you should do oh, if you you're shooting an Uzi is to not aim it perfectly because you're gonna do a, like kind of halo around her head of bullets. Yeah, do the spray like, and pray, like like MacGruber. Yeah. Uh, that, that was our that was our choices for our Cold War thing. Um, it was something that we always wanted to do. Um, well, something that I always wanted to do was talk about Cold War, and you were like, "Yeah, let's do that." Yeah. We were initially going to do it versus Nam, but Nam deserves its own podcast. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, we were going to do a country like a like an event versus event, but I think every now and again we're just we'll throw one out there that's a big world event or a period in time where music was very important. So we want to do Vietnam. Obviously, uh, we talked about doing Northern Ireland. Which we is going to be interesting. The troubles, the troubles, the troubles, which troubles. is essentially, let's be honest, going to be just loads of northern Zom- Irish punk Zom- bands. Cranberry Zombie on repeat for five times, yeah, and then a few U two yeah. songs. This yeah. is not a rebel song. Okay, yeah, be, Bono. Okay, yeah, be, it's going to be very hard to do that without just doing all the kind of um, yeah fucking hard bar punk bands and stuff. But um, we'll get there. We'll stop giving it away now because other people use it's already named. But is it down? In? <laughs> yeah, but we there's, there's there's bajillions of them. To be fair, there is really there's a shit ton of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah we'll leave it at for, that. Thanks for everyone for tuning into the radio station as well. And yes, uh, that was kind of cool. If you're listening to this, you might have just heard the Saturday one gone. But we would do one every Saturday. Mm. So if you like this, just stick a little reminder in your phone and uh, share this episode. Out when <laughs> share it out. Uh, yeah, you can go to patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast and it's $5 a month to get you access to exclusive they, podcasts. Yeah, I'll say a big shout out to the people that are still contributing to that journey. There's more of them. There's more, more of them. Yeah, we're nice, growing. Thanks a million. I really, yeah. really appreciate these given to Patreon. A time where we need the most when it's helping. Two of us, two of us got shafted. Shafted, yeah. But, uh, but we're still paying like the, the basically the internet bills and, and hopefully we're going to be trying to give you a slightly longer radio show which is going to cost us an extra yeah, two it's costing like, double. It costs double oh, to give you no an extra way, hour a week, yeah. Which is mad, whatever, fuck it. Um, but it also means we can broadcast in better quality. So if you're listening to the radio station, if I hear or see 
somebody just sitting around with an iPad or a phone listening to it. I'll fuck it. I'll go to your house and I'll stab you. I'll break the fucking two <laughs> kilometer social distance and I'll stab you. Put headphones in or plug them into some speakers. Because we're breaking our bollocks here so it doesn't sound like a fucking 1920s transistor ah, radio. Let them, let them do but they, If they're happy enough, let them do it. I haven't got my good microphone yet. That's why, my, that's why we, see, we're doing this remotely again. Yes. So this is one of my favorite podcasts to do. I wanted to kind of do this Cold War and I wanted to hold off till I got either a good mic or we could see each other face to face. Miss your face, guy. Uh, we could do videos. We could do a Zoom with our videos. I hate it, but I'll do it if that's what people want. I'll do it. Yeah. I think yeah. I think we should do videos. Anyway, you got to patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast, uh five dollars a month, which is fuck all really. Um yeah. to get access to all load of exclusive bullshit. Otherwise, if you don't want to give us a five, that's perfectly we really, fine. We genuinely from the bottom of our cold, dead, broke hearts, appreciate you giving us that. Yeah. Uh, no more than ever. Is are is are really helping this uh, go Big on. Time. Hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as uh, we do doing it. If you don't want to pay, that's perfectly fine as well. Just go to facebook.com forward slash lost art podcast and share it. We got news today yeah. that we are we are in the top what one hundred and fifty music podcasts in the world. That's great. And uh, we're still broke. So share <laughs> and tell your yeah, mates. It's, 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 we, we, I think that you know what? We like like you said, I saw the figures, we are doing really well. Lots of downloads, mm. lots of streams. We are people's dirty little secret. They don't want to either yeah. share this with people or else, well, either Helmet said something stupid about Vietnam or Gar talked about a bodily function, so I can't let me my hair out. Don't let your mind hear Share it to yeah. some private message. Headphones. Like Headphones and share it. That's all it takes. Anyway, we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for this week. And we shall be back next week, but we'll be back on Saturday and every Saturday until this nonsense is over at nine o'clock on Mixler. Uh, go to the Facebook page to get the links. Uh, we throw them out there. Sign up for Mixler. Make sure life a little bit easier. It also means you can chat to us live while we are uh, broadcasting. And correct us. And correct us mainly. Yeah. Do that a lot. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good night.